Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 43. In this episode, my friends and I start by recounting this a story uh, of what's going on presently in the life of a friend of ours and um, using that story as a jumping off point to start to talk about uh, discerning the will of God um, and how we should be praying and thinking about uh, how to locate what that is and then pursue it in our lives. So if that sounds interesting, go ahead and give it a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Good evening. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. It's not Thanksgiving yet. Oh, when they hear it, it will. I retract oh. my thankfulness. Oh, happy no, it, Thanksgiving. It, it'll be after Thanksgiving when this goes up. So exactly. So mm. you know, so that we're all kind of in the same place. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thankful. This has become more Happy and more. Happy holidays. Yeah, like it's become more and more one of my favorite holidays. Actually, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because of uh, the principles it represents. Yes, okay, <laughs> of course. But I mean, it's it, it is a time to be thankful, obviously, and mm-hmm. then like you have friends and family, which are things you should be thankful for, mm-hmm. and joining together to be thankful uh, for them, mm-hmm. for all that stuff. Yeah, so, like, I, I like Thanksgiving. Time. It's not commercialized. And it feels like it really is the kickoff for the holiday season. Oh, yeah. You know? So. This is my favorite part of the year. It's yeah. like right here. It's like the you got weather. Halloween and, yeah, the weather's changing. I, I mean, I'm not like a huge Halloween guy, but it's just like, you know, the fall started. You yeah. know, like we're about to finally enter. getting some cool days here in Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the best. Makes sense. I don't know how it is experienced everywhere else because I. I mean, I guess I've visited places for Christmas, mm. but mm-hmm. I never lived anywhere else. So. Navidad. Navidad. As the French say. Weihnachten. Sure. Weihnachten, as the Russians would say. Yeah. That's right, the Bavarian the Russians. The Russians? Yeah. The Bavarian Russians. They're an ethnicity. <laughs> I, be- I guess I believe you, but... Mm. No. What is no. It? What is Christmas in Russian? Dude, why would you think that I would know that? It's oh, um, I don't know. You just sounded so confident. Uh, also, I said Navidad and said it was French, which, which Navidad is I missed. Not I missed that because I wasn't listening. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that's is that Ger- is that German? Yeah. What is it? Weihnachten. Weihnachten, and is it Nacht Night? Is that I where think I'm? So. So, so okay, so I never got to tell you, but like on Instagram, I follow a bunch of just nerdy stuff, right? And yeah. like a lot of times, I'll get things of just how to say something in a bunch of different languages. And Christmas was one of them. And I was looking at it as like, Weihnachten. I didn't say it as good as you did. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, knocked. Isn't that night? Yeah. Does this have to do with like Christ, the night of his birth? Maybe. Well, Vine the... is, is German Vine? for crystal. Okay. No, you know it's not. I swear to goodness. <laughs> you swear to goodness? Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Travis, why are you the way you what are? Is, There's what thousands is of years of German history. <laughs> I'm just so focused on this one point. <laughs> so true it's like but it was a big mess up what's was so frustrating is i was talking to someone like jungle cruise the other day the new movie that came out and like oh and they're like oh and the and i was saying how repetitive it was and someone said yeah and and the villains are nazis i'm like he he is a kaiser's man like he's supposed to be this the like (laughs) uh, like the nephew of the kaiser i'm like what do you mean bismarck is not that does upset me the party wasn't even created at Mm. that point yeah Mm. like the germans in world war one were not I don't know what you said. Did you say very good? Yeah. Oh, well, I wouldn't say anybody was good or bad. They were yeah. just wanting to fight. I mean, you still but have all the anti-Semitism. There's a lot of them on the same page. Yeah. 
Like yeah. in World War One, there all the countries are pretty much doing all the same thing. They want to play war with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, but I wouldn't say they're like vil. And I, I hate when. Well, anyways, I feel like the villainous thing happened because of what what happened in Belgium. Mm, yeah, that's why oh, that well, the article turned. Well, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was it was literally like overnight <gasps> in America, where, you, like. There's a crazy statistic of how if Chicago yeah. if Chicago was in Germany, it would have been the sixth largest German-speaking city. Wow. Well, there was yeah. that many German speakers in Chicago. Yeah. There was yeah. tons of German-language newspapers in America. Yeah. And they disappeared overnight after what happened in Belgium. Yeah. Mm. I, Public opinion. Yeah. Well. Yeah. To the victors, right? Yeah. Those but who write history are the, the crazy victors. thing that blows my mind is that the U.S. was on the fence. They were going back and yeah. forth. And they almost sided with Germany in right. World War One. It was very close. So this is what we're talking about this podcast. And also, do you think? <laughs> so do you think? Hang World on. War I. Do you think the Zimmerman I love note? World War I. Do you think the Zimmerman note was a false flag, like a plant? I'm trying to remember that. Is that the do you think? About, like, it, so Bay, it's the, the British intercepted it. It was a letter from Germany oh, yeah, to yeah, Mexico yeah. that if Mexico fought with Germany, they would help Mexico get in control Bay. of the Southwest United yeah. States. And do you think it was a fake out by the British? And they're like, oh, we found this letter that the Germans wrote the Mexicans. Here Did you the go. Germans ever denounce it, though? I don't know. I think the Germans accepted this. It was theirs. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I was but do s- you think that their acceptance was a false flag? <laughs> <laughs> do you think everything that happened in history was a false flag? <laughs> I was going to say, like... It's like I do a Dead Poets Society with my uh, with my history class every year. I'm like, just throw these textbooks <laughs> out. Carpe diem, seize the false flag. <laughs> Uh, and is that a community reference? No, but the... it totally sounds like one. Oh. Or like you come, they come in the next day. It's like, did you do your homework, or did you trust my false flag that I gave you homework? <laughs> you just have like false a bunch flag. of shell shocked kids that don't know what's true, and yeah. then fail them all at the end of the year. Oh my goodness, that's that sounds fair. Anyway, so, so Vine, the... what does Vine mean in uh, yeah. German? Don't know. Does it mean like a Vine? I thought like so. You know stupid is? Like I was about up. to say Vinochtin. And I'm like, this is gonna tell me Christmas. <laughs> so I'll check it. I would check it out though, because they might. There might be a thing that well, will say because I'm not a hundred percent sure. But the main celebrations for Germans is Christmas Eve night mm-hmm. versus uh, okay. the day of. Day. Well, uh, so is... and also there's they they celebrate pretty strongly Saint Nicholas's Day on the sixth of December. Mm-hmm. That's also a huge holiday versus just Christmas. You set out your she- shoes out the front door, and then he fills them with candy and toys well don't a lot of uh hispanic countries um celebrate it's called three kings day and they do basically yeah. the same thing yeah but i think it's at a different time yeah i think it's after it's the 12th day of christmas yeah <laughs> i share this go ahead so i you know how you type and sometimes it has an autofill yeah and so the autofill i chose because it was like oh this is exactly what i want and it's like what does uh vinoctin literally mean right mm-hmm. and then so for google <laughs> Translated as Weihnachten literally, and in English it's Christmas literally. It's like Weihnachten literally. literally, Christmas literally. This is hilarious. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, that's so good. I, yeah, I mean, it's in Eng- Christmas Eve, so maybe because they celebrate. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah, I don't what, know what what the first part would mean. Hmm. I'm, I'm just yeah but anyways uh that's so, just yeah interesting we're thing. uh happy for thanksgiving and and weihnachten mm-hmm. so yeah it's helpful to know all your ways to say merry christmas that's right mm. Joyeux noel there's another one Joyeux. yeah Joyeux noel 
uh, I don't know, I'm going to find it, but it's all right. not right now. Cause we'll figure it out later. Google's being way yeah. too literal. Um, so, Eric, yeah. you have a a uh, situation that you'd like for us to talk about, and I've got to say, from what I know about it, it is a very interesting situation. Yes. Do you want to kind of take the floor and start telling the story? Yes. I, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell the story. Um, so... I'm not going to say who it is, even though I, I don't think he had a problem yeah, with it. His but friend, his name is Bob. friend named Bob Vinochton. And, uh, I'm just kidding. But, anyways, what happened is a friend gets into a car accident, right? And that's their mode of transportation. It's going to tie into work. Pretty much, if you live in Florida, mm-hmm. cars, livelihood. Uh, so... He I'm, works a very And he does far. He drives away, an yeah. hour. Yeah, a commute. Uh, so, I was with him the next day... And um, he, I don't think he ever told you this part. But I was like, you should probably tell people this because it just makes it even weirder. But uh, we were at Denny's. So I was with him because, you know, I'm like, I'd spend time, cheer him up. Um, and as we were at Denny's, there's this guy that came over. Well, hang on. So he, he wrecks his car. Yeah. And this is like probably the end of the car. Yeah. Um, he, uh, his radiator is probably just like yeah. gone i was gonna get and to... also this is an older car yeah so he was able to drive it to a walmart parking lot and leave it there yeah okay so yeah. then I was, I was gonna get to that because i wanted to say everything and then like put why it's kind of weird yeah okay. um but we're at denny's and this guy comes over and he just out of the blue asks if he could pray for us like mm-hmm. is there anything that you could pray for us and then sam was like well i said <laughs> so bad i'm so bad hey it doesn't matter i won't say maybe i said it so quick but uh <laughs> both times <laughs> but um okay oh man anyways it's all right no one listens to this that's true but except for your sister <laughs> my listen right. but anyways uh so the friend was like actually yes because this just happened whatever right so uh he he pray for that and like you know we were talking with him as well and you know we ended up praying for his family or whatever um but i said to him you know like it's like i said you know we're believers so i really appreciate you uh doing mm-hmm. this and i said uh, so he's like yeah well you know i just just gotta do it or whatever and i was like well yeah but that's actually kind of brave courageous mm-hmm. you know like especially nowadays people want to mm-hmm. talk to strangers um and he said that uh well you know it's like the Bible says that, that God is given a spirit not of fear, mm. but of power and um, mm. discipline mm-hmm. and all that. And, uh, and then he did say this, which I was like, I don't know. But he said, like, and the Holy Spirit just told me to go do it. And so I was like, okay. And he was, like, looking at us, very emphatic to, to all his, like, mm-hmm. you know, don't be fearful and let the, you know, the enemy mm-hmm. uh, make you fearful. Just do it. Like, get up and just go do mm. it. And so then, you know, he left or whatever. And then our friend... After that, that's when he said this important piece where he was like, he was praying to God that his car, because it is an older car, would just keep running on, uh, you know, until he's ready to go to Japan because he wants to go to Japan because he, he has felt called to be a missionary there. Mm-hmm. So this is his livelihood here and he just needs it to run until he's going to finally go to Japan whenever mm-hmm. that is. And that's been a headache. Um, so he was like, you know, I was thinking about that after the accident like what's you know what's this all about and then like this guy says what he says and and, you know it kind of put an impression on him right so uh we come back to the house 
after that and uh you know you guys are all well you weren't here but you know you went to sleep or whatever and um eventually got sam by himself i didn't go to denny's so like was i even here when you go yeah you were oh. here uh because you had friends over oh uh, yeah that's right that's right um you're here but like this was later like you had already gone to, uh to bed and david had already gone to bed. so i just had sam and i and i was like look i know you probably don't want to talk about this but like i think we we could because i'm like uh you know this seemed to have an impression on you i really like want to pick your brain like what do you think is going on here and you know he's telling his story and everything and you know the, the about the crash it's like i was like man you know it's really weird uh sam I'm gonna say that. I'm so terrible. Don't ever tell me a secret and say like because for me, but say, but he is my best friend, and like I'm just so used to saying his name. So I yeah, apologize. No, that makes sense. I thought uh, Dan was your best friend, but whatever. He's getting there. You get. It takes time. It takes time. But uh, so, anyways, <laughs> um, what I thought was so weird about I never got to see the van, but it was so weird. It's like he hits this car. And it's a Jeep type car mm -hmm. and, you know, has a tire in the back. Right. So he hits it. It doesn't hit it hard. Like the car, the, the van itself is not damaged mm -hmm. enough that the airbag went, you mm -hmm. know, went off. Mm -hmm. Right. But it like bent the hood and it damaged the radiator and probably did probably mm -hmm. a little more damage than just the radiator. That's just all we know for sure is the mm -hmm. radiator was damaged. And it's this like. This is a, like a 04. Yeah van chrysler like it's, it's not in mm -hmm. good shape it's mm -hmm. a yeah. dodge grand caravan right that was a chrysler no oh. i think it's a chrysler maybe oh, that was a great um anyway. they do have the same body anyway um chrysler town and country i think so okay anyway i think chrysler for no country for old men <laughs> yeah that's right town and country for old men <laughs> it's a car that giorgio can... armani it's a car you can only get in a coin toss <laughs> i love this it's a lucky quarter <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm like it seems like your car got really damaged, but it also mm -hmm. doesn't seem like you were going that fast. And he's like, yeah, even the cop, after everything was done, yeah. like she backed up to where she parked his car. He's like, how fast are you going? He's like, I don't know. But like, there's a lot of damage. <laughs> what a great thing to say to a cop. 20, 60. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, wow, that's really weird. And I was like, and you know, like what happened to their car? I was like, nothing happened to their mm -hmm. car. Yeah. And I'm like, this is just so weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like how, and it's like the, what you hit most of all was this rubber tire and I mean, yeah. I know there's like a metal bar or whatever, but it's like, I just don't, I, I, I couldn't put sense. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're talking about all this and like how he, well, he thought like maybe if that was coincidence with the guy and like, okay, but you still made this prayer and now your car is not running. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? And then, you know, cause we're talking about that and how the car was damaged. You know, Sam was really wanting to get stuff out of his car and I was like, uh, all right, I'll drive you over there. I also want to see how this van is because I can't really believe that the the hood yeah. got bent that way. And yeah, uh, it was it was like it went from like a dome shaped to like uh like a broken nose shaped. Yeah, you know, mm. like it looked it mm -hmm. it looked it looked like he hit something a lot harder, a right. lot faster. Right. You know, like maybe he hit maybe not a wall, but. You know, maybe like a maybe like a aluminum siding on something. Interesting. And that and that he hit it pretty fast. Yeah. So that's why I was like, man, that's crazy that the Jeep had no damage. You know. Right. And the people in the Jeep were apparently pretty like cordial and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They weren't mean. Yeah, and so like, um, 
we went and he what, what like you said he parked it at walmart and i went with him to to go get stuff out of his car and to see the the van but before you know, i'm getting ready or whatever to to take him and so is he and he said you know it'd be the icing on the cake for this whole thing and he said this and he's like lord <laughs> if if my van is just gone from walmart like i'll take it uh, as a sign from you you know to go to japan like i need to go to japan and um because that's what we're talking about like mm -hmm. so you know god didn't answer your prayers it's like trying to get you out of here mm -hmm. so we drive up there and I'll, I'll be honest like you know he wasn't expecting it to be gone and neither was i um obviously the you leave a car somewhere long enough it will get towed mm -hmm. but this was maybe 24 hours yeah um and i've seen busted up vehicles in the parking lot for a long time mm -hmm. but um you did park it closer to the front which i was surprised at because i i had my car <clears throat> break down once and i had to pull it into a walmart parking lot but i parked it in the very back mm -hmm. I, I think you know? he did that because he couldn't drive like his car was overheating already mm -hmm. yeah but i feel like if you can get it into the parking lot you can I don't get know. it well so I don't know if it's even worth describing, but he did park it near the front, but like it was by the garden yeah. section. Yeah. So it's not, but anyways, um, so we're driving up, we're at the light to turn into the Walmart and I'm looking at where he said he parked it. I'm like, I don't see your van there, Sam. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's like, just pull in please. Cause he's kind of freaking out. And so we drove around to see if they just moved and I was stupid, but whatever. Mm -hmm. He's not mm -hmm. thinking right. Um, but, and remind me what his prayer was again. Up with the van yeah he said you know so he's like you know this be icing on cake i was like what and he's like and then he just said it. he invoked god <laughs> and i was getting onto it like why did you invoke the lord but he said lord if my van is just gone because what he wanted to tell me the icing on cake would be if the car was just towed yeah so he's like if my van is just gone from Walmart, i will take it as a sign from you that i just need to go mm -hmm. to japan and, and so anyways we went and the, the van was missing and the and the, the questions are arising because like okay you pray let this be as long until i i leave right let this van mm -hmm. run until and it's like i was telling sam before we even found out that it was missing um i was like okay well god didn't answer your prayer like your van is not running and we don't even know how much it's going to cost, but we try to do some math, like just some general mm -hmm. conservative calculations. Like this is, this is going to be more expensive than it's really worth. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, he, he didn't really answer your prayer. Um, so, you know, what do you think that's about? You know, like he did, he so mm -hmm. like that, at least you, the most, you know, is he didn't answer your prayer. But now you're looking at this guy who saw you at Denny's, who's a believer, and he says something, and maybe God is speaking through this guy. It was mm -hmm. very random. This guy is not even from Florida. He's from Michigan. He was mm -hmm. traveling down to see his family or whatever. And that had an impact on Sam. I was like, well, maybe maybe God is saying something. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was even something that I was thinking about for myself, but it's mm -hmm. like, you know, Sam, you've got several things revolving around what's going on with you. So, you know, now you have this prayer that wasn't asked for a God. Now you have a guy just telling you to just do it. And then I think you know like maybe you've been scared to just do it and mm -hmm. i think maybe that's what you're thinking as well mm -hmm. and then you <laughs> you said what you said and uh it's like here we are because i remember saying to sam like how do we how how could we even solve this like how could we mm -hmm. even try to figure out if god is saying anything? and then it's like you said what you said and i guess i mean it could be that guy was like bingo 
all right. You like, got it. Yeah, like now mm -hmm. you're going to see, and now you're going to go. And uh, so that's a possibility. Like all this is tied together, and mm -hmm. this is all to lead for him to, to finally just uh, go to where he's felt for a long time to be mm -hmm. called. But um, I guess the, the question of like discerning what God is doing here mm -hmm. is, you know, some people, because he's, he's gone on Facebook mm -hmm. and uh, this uh, Facebook group, group called Reform Pub mm -hmm. and is asked there, and I understand he's trying to like, yeah, feel it out. Get, feel it out. Mm -hmm. And, and they were like, uh, some people were like, I, th I think you might be just reading too much into things mm -hmm. and just stick to the Bible. Other mm -hmm. people are like, well, if this is how, if this is what you feel like God's talking you, like, I think you mm -hmm. should go for it. And then he said, like, there's one guy who was really rude who was like, you're just looking for omens and this is mm. not biblical and everything. And that guy was rude. Like, I'll change my answer then. <laughs> no, no. Listen, Dan, I want you to be 100% honest. And okay. if Sam if okay. Sam was here, he'd want you to be 100% honest. Yeah, that's honest. true. That's true. Um, and so anyway, so so uh, I was talking to him today again about it because he had sent me a message that was like a little different in tone and uh then the day before and i was like um how so well because he's like well maybe i was being uh, kind of uh, rushed or, or brash i guess yeah, yeah. And he was like uh, i think you know definitely a set of fire on me to go to japan but you know like uh, i don't know you know obviously he's at, uh -huh. he's at work now and he's kind trying, of trying to... to maybe backpedal that initial enthusiasm uh or, i wouldn't even call it promise in... or that, just that, that, that idea, just the idea, okay, because yeah. like, I, I wouldn't even say that, Sam, I mean, there is a bit of excitement because like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. But like, he was, he was, he wasn't sure how to feel about it. It was like a lot of emotions. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to feel about it. Just witnessing mm -hmm. it because I was like, because I was like, Sam, why did you have to say what you said? Because now here, this thing has happened and now this complicates everything. But it also, if it is God has just solved everything for you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's the big question. So, you know, he, he had a bit of a different tone, kind of, like you said, backpedaling. And um, I was like, I wanted to talk to him about that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, he's not That was weird. Uh, he's not here. At, you know, obviously he's at work and stuff. So I didn't get to talk to him. But I was like, um, it would be really great if all of us could talk. Because mm. he was getting kind of stressed out about everything. And it's like, um, I guess David's here. Yeah. Yeah, that would be him. Oh. <laughs> so, people are like, like what? Why did they wandering around. There's a lot of noises, as if you yeah. don't know, if you listen to this podcast, but, like, they were closer. Mm. Uh, so, anyways, um, I was like, yeah, it would have been great if, like, all of us can kind of talk. Because, yeah, he was getting stressed mm -hmm. out, and um, I was like, well, one, I'm almost like, well, welcome to the jungle, because mm. I've been here. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> just mm. like, now you know. Now you know you got to deal with it. But anyways, I wanted to talk about it because it's, mm -hmm. you know, stuff that I'm even going through. I have my own thoughts. And I, mm -hmm. like, I'm okay, Dan, if, because mm -hmm. uh, you've already kind of previewed what you're going to say. Mm -hmm. I'm okay that you're like that because it's like, I want to get all those, like, mm -hmm. all those views. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and that's not 100% my, what I'm yeah. going to say. But I do think that's something that we need to have in the back of our head especially when we're initiating it of god here's my here's the deal i'm going to send so you yeah you can tell me your will 
we. So I the, now the, know. Now that I've said this, I now know that if if it goes one way, yeah, this is your will. And because yeah. we have to remember, like Gideon's fleece is not a positive, yeah, spin of a story. Like you should be like, hey God, I'm gonna throw out this and make sure it looks like this. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. God still used that, and and God could be. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he can. I'm just saying we want to be. We want to be weary of talking to God that way. Yeah. Of okay, here's here's the deal, God. This is how you're going to show me your will. Um. I think that's more of my thing. Not like the, oh, you're looking for omens, but more of the, uh, I think there's a different avenue yeah. that we can come about these things than, like, laying out to God, here's the deal, I'll go if you do this, yeah. or if you show me this, If you then do I'll this, go. I will know that it's your will for this yeah. to happen, yeah. Um, so that's, that would be my <clears throat> my starting point. Because I'm not, I'm not even like, you know, oh, 100% it wouldn't be. Like, I'm not like, I'm yeah. not dismissing it. Um, I do think there's a lot of thinking that now has to, to has yeah. happen. Oh, so yeah. to me, I think it's a good thing for him to sound like he's not second-guessing it, but now like, okay, so if this is God moving you forward, how is that going to happen? Because I think oftentimes we, you know, you if that, like, let's say that was God saying that, we think that the next step is to jump on a plane and go over there. Mm. And there's a lot more steps in between that I think even God lays out for us to do than just, oh, he's so, so I'm going to drop everything, I'm going to go do it. If yeah, makes, if that makes sense. So I think mm. it's good to be on the next path of like, all right, if this yeah. is something I want to do, uh, what are the requirements? Yeah. Um, and I think especially for the younger generation, we're seeing that with a lot of churches that have <clears throat> blown up, um, of people who went into it without looking at what are the requirements and qualifications. Mm. And it's not just a, okay, God wants you to do this. So that means that he yeah. allows me to do it. It's like, well, there are hoops to jump through. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. a good thing that you have kind of... <clears throat> Half of them are These you. slowing... De- yeah, like these mm-hmm. mechanisms that are built in for slowing people mm-hmm. down and and so they don't jump straight mm-hmm. into something this... I forget who does it, but you know the song... I won't say the word, but uh, I'll just say dang. So, dang, it feels good to be a gangster. You know? <laughs> I don't know who does it, but I, I know that song. Yeah. I feel like maybe at least once a month, maybe twice a month, I think like dang, it feels good to be a cessationist, mm. you know? Because it's like mm. all this stress of does this mean this or does this mean this, I feel like is just taken out of my life. Mm. And um, not not all of it, because he, you know, Sam asked, he, our friend, uh, <laughs> Bob, I gave yeah, him. no, it's okay. Uh, he asked me my thoughts on it, and I said, I, you know, I feel like it, it's not entirely out of God's character to use situations like this to confirm um things but i told him honestly like i would never i wish i had thought of the word omen um but i used the word oracle uh and i said i would never um act in accordance with an oracle that goes against just general wisdom but i would always act in general wisdom that goes against something that i perceive in the moment to be an oracle Hmm. you know and and not just like oh you know god tells me not to cheat on my wife but oh man god if I flip a coin six times and it's heads each time, does that mean I'm supposed to cheat on my wife? Not just stuff that's like overtly sinful, Mm -hmm. but even stuff where it's like, this is a major life decision and it might not be sinful one way or the other, but like, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it, it still matters the direction that I go in. And I, I told him what I usually tell people, which is what I do is I, so I, I heard John MacArthur say like, you know, be in the word a lot, be in prayer a lot surround yourself with a with a church community of people who are in the word and who pray a lot okay 
do those things for a very long time and then just do whatever you want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I add on to that, like, I, I pray three things when I pray, um, God, well, I, I'll, I'll say, God, this seems wise. It seems like this is in keeping with your general will and, you know, maybe even your specific will for my life. Um, but so, so I'm going to go ahead with this and God, uh, please bring relevant things to my mind that I have not thought of yet. That's number one. Number two, purify my heart of any impure motives. And number three, close any doors that you don't want me to walk through and, uh, like make them just impossible for me to go through. And so I pray those things and then I just go ahead with what I was wanting to do, which in a sense, uh, I, I feel like if I'm willing to say what I said earlier, which is I would always go against an oracle with, you know, sound wisdom, I feel like that almost completely cuts me off from being willing to accept any oracles, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe not 100% the door being closed, but I don't like to rely on things like that. Mm. So I would much rather, you know, talk to you guys are talk to, you know, wise older men mm-hmm. and just, you know, as I feel like if I'm daily in the word and on my knees, then, uh, my mind will be the type of mind that makes the decisions that God wants me to make. And if there are things that I do that are not specifically in God's will and, but I did them in accordance with wisdom, I don't think I'll be punished for that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, <laughs> <laughs> well, so, and, Okay, so I think it's good uh, the 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 three are here. I do I do kind of wish so Miguel was here because I, I would mm-hmm. just be interested in what he has to say with his old milestone thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been in flux, and this has been mm-hmm. a tension in my life for a, for quite a while, mm-hmm. and it's something that I struggle with. So this is why it's like, well, I I, I just want to talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, just for the general thing, mm-hmm. not just for Sam, but because um, I I would consider myself much more cessationist than I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know, nine, 10 years ago. But I'd like it, to take a little bit of credit for that. Mm. Well, well, I was about to say, it's not the same cessationism. It's not, I don't think that cessationism is actually biblical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm more of a cessationist now, but I think it's unbiblical. Less, less biblical. <laughs> this is the tension. This is mm. why it's such a struggle for me because, uh, look at that sentence that I just said. But, um, yeah, for me, uh, there are so many stories and it's it's like a precedent where God goes against general wisdom uh, because general wisdom, what we're talking Define general wisdom real quick. That's a good. Yeah, I think that the book of Proverbs, I think that, uh, no, I wouldn't call it generalism because I think that that That's special revelation. Yeah. Uh, even though there might be some general and Proverbs, Proverbs for me is also difficult to, to handle like. Mm-hmm what exactly it is how is this beneficial for mm-hmm. me as a christian mm-hmm. as opposed to a jew mm-hmm. a jewish person <laughs> um, i had to make a sound not anti-semitic yeah. a jewish person living at the time when it was written because mm-hmm. far more applicable then doesn't mean that there isn't anything for me to draw from but it's like so anyways we know from proverbs that the beginning of wisdom and knowledge is the fear of the lord right mm-hmm. uh so that's that's where you got to start, mm-hmm. um, and then you can go to James and talks about the wisdom from above. Mm-hmm. Here in Sam's situation, um, I, there isn't any non-fearing of the Lord, and there isn't any like impure motives. He's just trying to figure out what God wants him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But so for me, general wisdom is like what is the safest way. It's, it's really about being safe uh, in, in the approach you go. Don't be reckless, mm-hmm. you know. So don't go swimming in a river where you've seen crocodiles, for mm-hmm. instance. You know, it's mm-hmm. a no-brainer, but it's it's that's like kind of like what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's like God, 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 time and time again has done that. And I think with faith. Uh, this is why I told Sam, like, and I wanted to tell him again, it's like, faith is a risk. Mm-hmm. And being a Christian is a risk. Mm-hmm. And there is no point in never risking as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, playing it safe is not always yeah. what mm-hmm. we're called. But that's fair. That's you know, fair. and it's yeah. like, for, for me with, with this, it's like, yeah, maybe it's not God. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe, so I was, uh, you know, I didn't tell him, but it was like, <laughs> yes, David. Are you with friends? No. No. Oh, sorry. What's up, David? Dan. Oh, <laughs> Dude, we were trying to keep him anonymous. Oh, oh. people wouldn't know his name. Sam. Everybody's name. That was actually really good for us. Yeah. David, come sit down so that we can. So we've been graced with the presence of David. Dan. Whole man. Apple food. For people. Full yeah. So that we can hear. <laughs> so we can hear the sound of chewing and mm-hmm. slurping. Yeah, you're gonna have to wait till right. you eat that. I know. I'm uh, so yeah, what I was uh, telling Sam um, is like, maybe this wasn't God, right? Mm. Yeah. But maybe it was never God, you know. And maybe you'll go there and it'll be a big failure, and you know you'll come back with your tail be- hmm. between your legs, mm. but. If you've learned that it wasn't God, then then you can stop wasting your time about that. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, and you don't have to feel bad about it. If it was no. a decision that was made in good faith, like yeah. you know, for what seemed to be wise reasons, mm-hmm. and it failed anyway, you don't have to feel bad about that. Right, right, right. You know, right. it's like God, man. I feel like you hear when you say, "I hear so many stories." It's like. I th- maybe there's like a confirmation bias or like we remember the success stories or the, the stories that go uh, well more. But I was, I was actually, I was at a, a gathering recently and I was talking to a guy and actually someone who was just kind of in a, in a fun way trying to cause trouble just came up to our table and was like, Oh, you guys should talk about cessationism. And I was like, Oh crud. Mm-hmm. So, uh, does his last name start with an H? Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, so... the, the trouble, the pot stirrer. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. But exactly it, it was, it was it all is. in good fun, you know. No, no, like, no, no I, yeah, yeah, no, no. I know. Anyway, so it was me and um, yeah, this this gentleman, and then his mom, who is you know uh, older lady at the church. She is um, would say that she has had times that God has spoken to her, and or at least like through other people, like other people have come to her and say, God, you know, told me to tell you. XYZ and then you know that it has worked out and she asked me you know she uh, she talked to me about that and she she was like you know so I'm hearing that you're a cessationist and that you don't believe that people hear from God so like what would you how would you respond like to hearing those sorts of stories like I have that's such a, and, that's such a harsh thing so that you don't believe that people hear from God well it's that I don't believe that people hear from God through those avenues yeah yeah, I because mean, God about, has said everything and he needs to and say. she knows that. Like okay, she's, good. So I was gonna say, like that's she's really not, unkind. She, she's she's being very gracious in the way yeah. she's talking to me. I I okay. did not feel 
you know, cornered yeah. or, or out of place at all. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I felt like this was just supposed to be a genuine edifying conversation. Anyway, okay. Okay. so That's she asks me, yeah, she asks me, um, you know, how I'd respond to it. And I said, honestly, like, I don't know off the cuff how to, how to respond to that. And so I asked for like a, a few minutes to think about it. And we were actually also in the middle of doing something mm-hmm. as a group. And um, so then when I revisited it, because um, I had people kind of ribbing me and being like, oh, you're just trying to stall, like, because you don't, you know, you're hoping <laughs> that, that, we're, that we go home before you really have to address this question. You mean you get it? I got it. Um, thanks. So <clears throat> I said, okay, so without sounding too critical, um, even though I am, you know, critical of, of that whole, you know, mode of being, I said, I feel like for every story that I hear where it goes that way, there's so many stories that I hear where it goes the other way mm-hmm. of someone saying like, you know, if my car is gone, then it's God, I know it's your will for me to go. And then maybe they go and it doesn't work out mm-hmm. or like a very specific situation that Eric, I know you've, you've dealt with in the past or just people feeling like they've made it, they've had it made very clear to them by God, what God's will was. And then they pursue it and it fails. So, um, that's, that's one thing that I said, but then I also, I always bring <clears throat> up this, uh, story from, from John Piper, where he says, you know, I had, uh, you know, my wife and I, we were pregnant with our first um, baby and a guy and Piper's more open, like he's more open to yeah. um, gifts and he's more of a continuationist. And he said, we're pregnant with our first baby. And a, a guy at my church said, we didn't even know the gender yet. And a guy at my church came up to me <laughs> and said, like, God has told me that this is going to be uh, it's going to be a boy and it's going to be healthy. And like, you know, just kind of rest your souls because you don't need to worry about anything. And it turns out we found out the gender. It was a boy, healthy, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we get, we get pregnant with our second child. And he tells us it's going to be a boy, but it's going to be a stillbirth. And, like, I hate that I have to be the one to tell you this, but, like, God mm-hmm. has told me this news. And so Piper said, um, and, and the guy said, I believe the guy said it to Piper and his wife. Like, they were both mm-hmm. together. So it's not like Piper had the option of, of saying it or not. Anyway... But then they find out the gender of this one, and it is a boy, and they're like, you know, so just mm-hmm. morose and, and overcome with fear and anxiety and like praying to God, praying, 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 like, God, please, you know, don't, mm-hmm. uh, please spare the life of this child if it could be mm-hmm. your will, if it could be your will, just going through all of this. And then, you know, they have the baby, and the baby's healthy. And to me, I'm like, man, it feels so great to be a cessationist because I don't have to put my wife through that. Mm. for the through those you know eight months or however long of fear and anxiety and just crippling um just paralyzing mm-hmm. um you know despair like oh no mm. god has t- god has said through this man because if someone told me that i would just say neat you know i mean mm. depending on the situation i might be like okay well you know mm-hmm. thank thank you for communicating you know um you know mm. what you feel the lord's laid on your heart uh and man, I'd almost feel like a coward doing that, but like, you know, just letting it slide at that. But anyway, so I, I, I told all those things to her and I said, you know, to me, I, I, um, <clears throat> I almost feel like it's a responsibility not to allow myself to be swayed by, um, like the word, I love the word that you guys are using, which is omens, mm-hmm. you know, by these perceptions. And I, I remember mm-hmm. a story of a friend of ours that he's he's like I know if I if I flip this coin that comes up oh, heads yeah. I'm gonna propose to this girl right or was it no it was like something like about wife. moving mm-hmm. no was that? it was 
like this is this is supposed to be my wife yeah Yeah. and then i mean and they were together Mm -hmm. like they were already dating right and and oh we're talking about a different friend Hmm. okay no i was was talking about someone else okay anyway Uh, but you remember what i'm talking about and like i don't remember i think it was him and another friend of ours working at a uh, factory warehouse and uh he flipped a coin and it was like, you know, I, I thought it was something to do with either I'm going to ask her to marry me this week or, or maybe like something about moving to a, another country that she was connected with. Huh. Anyway, but he, he flipped the coin and then it was like he did it more than once and every time it was head, or it's like he flipped it three times and it was heads all three times. Yeah. And then he came home and he told me he told me the story and he's like, and well, then you I guys were coin. living with each other that time, right? No. I no. never lived in that house at the same time that he did. Oh. Anyway, but he, he's telling me the story and he flips the coin while he's telling the story and like it's heads again and it's like, oh man, it's so crazy. And then like, I think he was telling the story to another friend and he flipped the coin and then it was tails and he's like, oh yeah, but the other times I always told it was heads. So it's like, <laughs> you know, and, and it's just, he got, he got wrapped up in this yeah. and it's like, oh man, what are the odds that three times in a row is going to be heads? And it's like, well, one in eight, mm-hmm. you know, that's not that far fetched. Yeah. That, you know, you're going to, it's like if you have an eight-sided dice and you roll a one, mm-hmm. it's the same exact thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but yeah, I just, I've seen a lot of people that I love and that I feel like are, are godly and, and, you know, in a lot of senses, they're very wise people. And then they get caught in something like this and it keeps them... It, it either makes them obsess or fixate on something that it mm-hmm. winds up not being healthy for them or they, you know, they can just fall into despair because mm-hmm. things aren't working out the way that they were assuming that they would because they got the coin toss or they got the omen, you know, the mm-hmm. the entrails of the goat that, mm-hmm. um, you know, spelled out yeah. One God's will. I think what's interesting is we're kind of like laying all these examples and, and, and thinking about this is how profoundly self-centered all of these things are yeah i I'll, every example that you guys have uh, with the exception of the one we're talking about <coughs> like a couple examples you're laying out i don't see how any of those were serving uh, kingdom purposes god is is single-minded for his own glory and not for helping us discern what candy bar to eat tomorrow mm. like that's <laughs> that's primarily what god is concerned with so I can't see, like, what kingdom benefit it would be to tell, like, Piper that his child is going to die. Mm. Like, what what uh, history-altering purpose is that going to be? Also, in the Old Testament, they would have killed him because he's a false prophet. So there should be a weight on prophecy, not this, yeah. like, flippant, I'm going to make a guess, and if it's wrong, oops, I was wrong. Yeah. Like, when you, that's why I feel like Old Testament guys tend to be a little bit more like cessationist leaning because there's a dramatic weight behind mm. the gifts like that. It's not like... I'm going to flip a coin and God's going to help me out. It's like, I'm going to make a prophecy about the nations and if it doesn't go right, it's my life that gets forfeited. Um, because I'm the speaking the true word of God is, is, is weighty, is heavy. And it's not just about, you know, like what spouse I'm going to be with or something like that. So I think that's something we want to keep in mind whenever we're hitting with these things is how is, how is, why is God choosing to reveal something to me? And why is it in my benefit? Or why is or why is the prophecy that God gave you to give to me in your benefit? Mm. When you're telling me like, hey, you should go do something, <clears throat> and it benefits me, you should go do something. Like yeah. that's something that I get suspicious of because I go, isn't it funny how? And this this is not just in that, but it, you know, also when we pray over things, I'm like, isn't it funny that when people say I'm gonna pray over this decision, and then just so happens the Holy Spirit did exactly what they wanted to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. isn't that funny how that always lines Explain, up? Well, that the, they say well, I'm going to pray about this decision, and then they come back, and the Holy Spirit 
just happened to inspire them the same thing they were already to wanting to do. Oh. On doing. Instead of Which, being like, I, I actually I didn't mean, want to do this, but the spirit said I should be sacrificed. But to be fair, I see people. I I've plenty of times seen people go the opposite direction. Where oh it's yeah, like, I'm not here's the more not. comfortable path, but yeesh, yeah. it seems like God wants me to take this other path. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm like, well, just because it's harder doesn't mean that it's that's true wise or like the path that god wants you to take and you know it's Mm -hmm. admirable the willingness that the person has to pursue what they perceive to be the will of god Mm -hmm. but in the same at the same time it's like man maybe what god wants you to be doing at this stage in life is just getting a job working faithfully setting yourself up for like you know your future spouse so that you can raise godly kids and, and you know maybe he wants something more radical than that but um i think it was jordan peterson who is like you know, unless you have a very, very clear and convincing reason not to, pursue the norm. You know, and it's like that's, mm-hmm. you know, the the norm, the normal <clears throat> Christian life is a good, God-honoring, you know, kingdom-focused life. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it's not, like, sexy, like, you know, going out to Iran to preach the gospel twice and then get arrested and, you know, put to death, just because it's, people won't make documentaries about like people don't make documentaries about the guy who you know raised five children in a godly way and like he worked at the factory and he um you know just shepherded his his Mm -hmm. uh belongings well Mm -hmm. and i think i think uh that's helpful because there was uh i I won't forget (coughs) forget it one of the classes i was taking when when we were talking about what does it mean to be called to ministry? What does that whole like mm, look yeah, like? Yeah. Um, and we were talking about well, how do I know the will of God? And you know, like mm. we, we we're in that stage of life at the time. Like a lot of us were in twenties and thirties and trying to figure out what does God want for me for yeah. a career and what does God want and how do I figure that out? And the professor was like, "You're making it too hard on yourself. The will of God in your life is your sanctification, sanctification that yeah. you don't neglect uh, the community of believers <clears throat> and that you obey the Great Commission." Yeah. That's going to look like a... Was that like a First, Thess- First Thessalonians 3, 2 or something like that? Where it's so. like, this is the will of the Lord. Your, your sanctification. sanctification. <laughs> that he wants you to grow in Christ-likeness yeah. and uh, preach the gospel and uh, be, in, be in community. I mean, it's mm-hmm. and, and then we make it more complicated on ourselves of like, well, I, what, how does that exactly look like? Well, what a, there's a thousand ways that you could put it to practice. Which one is... Right, you know, like right next door. What what would be easiest for you to plug into? Try that. I I think like to your point, which is really helpful, is we sometimes are like, oh, I got to go on the most difficult, most far-reaching path. <clears throat> um, one of the qualifications at uh, um, for some mission agencies and uh, some churches I would I've been to in the past is, if you want to go overseas, if you won't, if you're not willing to go next door, we're not going to send you a thousand mm. miles away, because if you're not doing yeah. it, it, they're basically the principles, and I think. It may be reductionistic, it may be simplistic, but I think no, for the I, most I, part it's right. If you're not doing it, hundred percent. If you're not doing it here, you're not going to do point. it over there. It's harder over there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When you hear stories of, uh, like the, some of the mission professors I had, fifteen years before they saw fruit. Yeah. Fifteen years of hard yeah. labor, and then the whole community, because the whole community has to agree, and so the whole community mm-hmm. all of a sudden becomes Christian because for fifteen years they've all been talking and coming to unanimous agreement, and then. Yeah. Boom. But for that, yeah. So that's and even that's that, you know. even like kind of tying it back in with what you know. So what you had just <clears> said, <throat> and then what Eric had originally said, this idea of being called, mm-hmm. you know, being called to the ministry or being called to a specific mission field. Mm-hmm. It's like how, man, how do you how do you discern that? 
Mm. Like, how do you discern? I, to me, the biggest things are like, am I gifted? Like, do I have the unique set of gifts that a minister would need mm-hmm. to have? And do I have a desire for it? Mm-hmm. And do I have the availability for it? And if, mm-hmm. if the answer to those things is yes, I'm like, mm-hmm. well, then, you know, then mm-hmm. pursue it. You know, if you have the desire mm-hmm. and the gifts and the availability, then, you know, pursue it. And then, like I said before, it's like if it fails and it turns out that that's not God's will, I don't I don't see you being um, like scoured in judgment because of that misread you know i don't think we're living necessarily in the old testament before where you get these weird like god does talk in these weird ways in the old testament where it's like uh who's the who's the prophet in um i think it's like first or second kings where it's like the king broke the arrows and he's like oh you should have broken seven arrows but you only broke three and so you're only going to elisha it was elisha yeah yeah and it's like if you would have only broken more arrows or or Mm -hmm. cast them further or whatever yeah yeah, break break, uh put more arrows on the ground because that represents the battle the victories yeah Mm -hmm. and it's like Mm -hmm. well i didn't know that dude yeah and so it's like maybe there was some unique Mm -hmm. individual or historical context that it's like he Mm -hmm. he should have known to have done more but at the same time, it's like, I do see God work like that, especially in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Well, know? yes. And um, to the situation we're talking about, I, 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 I think it's in Judges, and I don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. But there was two guys that, <laughs> this is making me laugh. There's two guys, and, and it, it was, um, one of them was like the sword bearer or armor bearer, armor bearer to, yeah. to the other guy. Mm-hmm. And so he said, uh, you know, let's go up to this hill where the, I think it was the Philistines or maybe some Canaanite mm-hmm. group is, and we're going to challenge them. And if they say, yeah, come up here and, and let's do this. Oh, no, this, this is stuff. Jonathan and, uh, or is it? It's, it's Jonathan and his. Okay. Cause it's the yeah. Philistines. Then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, and he says, if they say, come up, we'll come up. And if they say, we'll, well, it down, didn't just say that. Up. No, no. He says, if, if, uh, they say, come up, then we know that God has handed them over to us. Yeah. And it's like, but the same logic that we use to try to temper ourselves can be used here because like Jonathan, there's two of you. Mm. Why wouldn't they call you up here? Mm. It doesn't make any sense. So, you know, odds are Mm -hmm. they're going to call you up there. And yet. Which you know what my response would be, right? What? It's like, I didn't think the gifts had ceased back then. No, but, but that's not a gift. Uh, There's there's no, it's it's not. It's, it's how people are relating. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. how people are relating to. God, so I, I have to push back. But uh, I, I'd say the miracle, so rather the miracle of two men being able to overcome, hmm. what was it, like 30 in battle or something like that? Yeah, it, it, it is a ridiculous feat. Uh, I'm sure if you put like John Jones and GSP. <laughs> no, 30. 30 <laughs> with, with, with shield and sword, mm-hmm. even though they're not trained. But if you had the equivalent of a GSP mm-hmm. and a John Jones. I still don't think, man. I like. Don't know. Dude, two thirty. Hmm? I mean, impossible. you think it's impossible? I don't. I don't. Think I've it's seen gonna... a guy. I've seen a guy who's got the dad. He's just a dad, real, or he's a husband. He's got a dad bod. You can see a video. He knocked out like four people who were like attacking. I him. mean, okay. four. Yeah, it's full. Thirty. It's, four it's... people in a fist fight is like it doesn't matter if you've got thirty or four people. I mean, like, you know that that's is still impossible. it's unlikely, but it's not unprecedented in warfare. There's there's yeah. like. The uh, Easy Company on Rancor Mariner was fifty to sixty guys against twelve, and they and the twelve won. 
Okay, well, without, 12 is a without, lot different than 2. Without yeah. casualties. Okay, yeah, well, but you also still, have to think... And I'm, not, I'm much, not saying it's impossible. A much less force. But I, yeah. like, I think that one of the points of that story is that when 2 were able to overcome whatever the number is, you, like, God definitely got glory for that. Because it wasn't like, oh, look how impressive mm-hmm. of a fighter Jonathan is. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and I, I'm not... I'm like, not and I, I would agree, like, God does get glory from that. I think for, in, you know, Sam's situation, mm-hmm. if things work out, God would get, get glory. But the point is, what would possess someone to say something like that? What would possess someone to try to interact with God that way when it's like, mm-hmm. all right, even though the odds mm-hmm. are against us, whatever. You're saying, I, like, what would possess him to just out and out start to right. pray, like, God? Well, and he doesn't pray. Yeah. He just says to the armor bearer, let's yeah. go. Th- and it's like, well, well I'm you. I'm talking about with our situation. Oh, like what why he said that? I mean, I know why he to said. the name of God. Yeah, I know why he said uh, what mm-hmm. he said. But uh, I'm just saying like, uh, yes, it's it's pretty ridiculous that they won. Mm-hmm. Right. And showing that God was with them. Mm-hmm. But why would he think to himself something that would be obvious, which is like if two guys mm-hmm. go up to 30 guys to try to pick a fight. They're obviously going to say. <laughs> it's like, this is the easiest fight ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, it doesn't matter about, like what I'm saying is like in that story, the odds don't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. So what I want to push back is on this idea that there is a safe way to go about this because I, I know you say, darn, it feels good to be a cessationist. <laughs> That's yeah. your motto. But it's like, Actually, uh, the way you go about doing it in a cessationist type of way is also not safe. It's also not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I mean, we're really thinking about it. We're mm-hmm. trying to, to communicate with a deity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, there's, it's, it's a risk because if, so, if, if you want to say, like, let's, mm-hmm. let's get the people in my trusted community of believers to mm-hmm. and get their advice. And it's like, yeah, but. They're just like you. Mm. They're not special. They're not they're they're, fallible. Yeah, it's it's like. Uh, I I think part of it is also a temperament thing, maybe, which, you know, God built me with my temperament. But it's like, right, right, okay, right. I I would rather. Okay, I think of situation A. Um, there is understandable wisdom that tells me not to do a thing, and then I get an oracle or an omen that tells me to do it. And I do the thing, you know, and then it's like, and it fails. Okay. I would feel worse in that situation than situation B mm. where I don't go through with it. Yeah. And then it turns out like, oh man, it, it turns out that I should have done it the whole time. I'm not going to feel nearly as bad because I'm going to be like, well, you know, I, I did what I genuinely thought was best. And I... Like I said, I, I would feel a lot worse if I had abandoned reason to pursue an omen. Mm-hmm. But I get what you're saying. Like you're not you're not 100% safe or like off the hook either way. You know, there there's risk and and Christianity is like in essence it is risk. Like faith is mm-hmm. um this this idea that I am putting all of my chips on mm-hmm. the resurrection of Christ. And I will, you know, if if necessary, I'll lay down my own life and I will, you know, like we were talking about, um, uh, David, Eric, and me were, were talking about the whole idea of um, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're of all men most to be pitied, mm-hmm. you know? So there is a risk there, mm-hmm. you know? But I don't believe that we only have hope in Christ in this life. I think there's a big difference, though, between the... Between 
are we averting from taking a risk versus uh and so the difference between a risk and being stupid yeah like mm-hmm. god doesn't call us to be stupid for the gospel so it was mm. risky for the five to try to att- uh, try to try to contact the oh, i forget the name of the tribe uh because they got macheted for it mm. but i all those men okay. were counseled with their leaders or whether or not mm. they were trained they studied scripture they prepared, they were yeah. working on language. And they were they ready to did, die. They did everything you know? they could to be ready to see if this was where they were going gonna go. They didn't just say, uh, hey, I'm not even gonna think twice, I'm just gonna jump into it. Like they prepared mm-hmm. and prepared mm-hmm. and prepared, but they still took a risk. So I think taking and, a but risk they also can didn't look put, also like prepare and being cautious at the same time. But they also didn't put God in the corner of saying, mm-hmm. like, okay now, God, since we're doing all of this, we know that it must be your will for us mm-hmm. to not get macheted to death, mm-hmm. you know? The only thing they it's went like, on was that God's will was that all tribes and tongues would know who, yeah. who Jesus was. It's like the Hebrew children saying, like, our God can save us. We believe he will save mm-hmm. us. But even if he doesn't, like, yeah. we're we're mm-hmm. still not going to bow down. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just, mm-hmm. you're, you're dead. You know, as a Christian, the mm-hmm. point is you're dead already. And so what can you threaten a corpse with you know right. that's gonna make him budge and i'm i would say i'm more okay with like seeing these things and these like potential signs as an impetus to uh like get you know start put your put your nose to the grindstone and start working mm. what i don't like is when i hear people use these omens and these these signs as that means i don't have to put in the work yeah i, I don't can have ju- to i do... can just jump into it everybody yeah. needs to clear out and give me a position the lazy calvinist yeah, yeah. Uh, like you can now jump from being nothing to a ceo uh-huh. you know you've, yeah. you've kind of got to work to that mm-hmm. position um be willing to be the least in the kingdom and be a servant and then work mm-hmm. your way up instead of because i think i hear that a lot of like well god's calling me to be you know the pastor the pastor of, the pastor church, of a yeah. church of 2000 like well let's start with you starting a congregation of yeah 10 start a bible study and then you it's know, like well no 10 is not good enough because god calls me for 2000 like mm. You know, it it sounds like the easy, like it's like a almost divine easy button of mm. God's telling me I don't have to actually go through all the, the brutal work of it. Mm. It sounds like that uh, that parable, like something that was trusted with a few. Mm. It's, it's, like, really it's like that. It's like you, if you can be trusted with a little, then you yeah, can slowly be I'll be I'll make you ruler over mm-hmm. much. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So after Sam told me about. I don't know how much you guys went through, but after Sam told me about what he prayed for and it seemed to happen, uh, what his thoughts about it, what my thoughts about it. I kind of gave him my thoughts, but I kind of kept quiet. Um, <clears throat> driving to Disney Springs, driving back, I just kind of like recall what Sam was telling me. Because I, I was really intrigued by that. I was like, you know, is this God really talking to him? Okay, so is this God talking to him and is this what God's telling him to do? If this is God tell, talking to him, is this what God's telling him to do, or is he telling him something else? Um, I'm, I'm gonna say this to both of you guys, but like this is kind of like I'm gonna use Travis ex, for the example. Uh, so I was thinking, okay, so there were several times I've had like me and Travis have had several call problems, and I guarantee every time we have had a call problem, we pray, like for me, I'm like God, like. Please let this be in my budget. Mm. Like that. Please let this be in my budget. Please let this go be fixed. And it seems always to have been in my budget because I've got mm-hmm. something fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, when it goes down to my goes to my budget, I give God thank you. But mm-hmm. then I think to myself, 
one god was that you that did this or like oh this is just a seems to be a coincidence but either way i gave thanks to god mm-hmm. so my thing is this is okay well i think god is telling him something but i don't i don't think it's telling him to go to Georgia, Alabama. Alabama. I'll get mix those two mix up. Alabama, the same thing. and then going to Japan. I don't think that. I think God's telling him something else. Uh, just because, like, read the uh, tea leaves for us. Uh, what is God telling him? I, 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 okay. This, so this, this is my opinion. I'm not saying that this is what God's telling him, but this is just my opinion. Yeah. I think one. Um, I think it's first thing that's like, okay, so why does God, um, give us these sufferings why does God you know give us these burdens on us when does God you know give us in these situations that's really hard for us and I think every single time he does that is because I've said this several times Saito um, he's seeing if you're gonna be either a Judas or a Peter mm. I think that's really big it's either like mm-hmm. okay he, Judas or Peter which one are you gonna be and I think because every time something <laughs> I was gonna say neither <laughs> every Burden, um, you do. I feel like you get wisdom from it. You learn from it. You prepare for it better, uh, mm-hmm. because like every time I had a cold problem, I'm like, well, I know I'm gonna get this problem again. I'm gonna prepare for it mm-hmm. even better. So even so, my budget goes up a bit for a cold mm-hmm. problem, and so I grow wiser through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what God is trying to tell Sam is he's trying to like, oh, man, this is gonna sound so like bad well i'm not like it's gonna sound like i'm being like kind of like poking at him well, just, yeah be be wise right. so i think god gracious i think god is trying to tell us uh, like just kind of show sam like okay sam like well how how are you gonna how are you gonna prepare for this from now on now mm-hmm. um are you going okay so yeah like what can you? what can you change to be in a better position if a similar thing happens to you in the future right is that what you're saying yeah and so, mm-hmm. like, my very first cold poem, uh, I, I kind of realized that, and the wisdom I got, I was like, well, I need to find either a job that gives me more hours, it pays me more, mm-hmm. or I need to work more hours. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, but if I work more hours, that means I have less time to do this stuff. This well, stuff being... As in, like, watching shows. League of Legends. Like, League of Legends, <laughs> stuff like that. And I was like, okay, well, I mean... It kind of sucks, but like I'm gonna, I have to do this to prepare yeah. myself for better. League of Legends doesn't pay your bills, right? And so I decided to yet. I so <laughs> I decided to do it. I decided to work more hours. Um, and I think this is trying to guys just trying to give wisdom to Sam and saying, okay, well, yeah, this sucks right now, but you'll get out of it. Mm-hmm. You will get out of it. You're like I I like Sam's like hey Sam like you're gonna. You're going to take the Peter path. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to mm-hmm. take the Peter path. But Peter path. it sucks. <laughs> it's such a it weird... It sucks right now, but you. But I think you will learn from it and prepare yourself for better situations. So I think that's what God's... Uh, my opinion, mm. I think that's what kind of God is telling him to do. Because I don't... I don't really see... I know, God can do anything, but I, I just don't really kind of see it. And like God... Grabbing someone and say, "Hey, I want you to be a missionary," but not having like much like, wis- as much wisdom as like uh, learning from your mistakes and like how to get out of it, mm. stuff, situations like that. 
So I think before Sam can go and do Mission's work, let's see if he can handle these the small burdens of his personal life, what's going on now, because in Japan it's going to be a lot, it's going to, I guarantee it's going to be a, a lot more than mm -hmm. just, um, having call problems and stuff like that. It's mm -hmm. going to be like language barrier. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, mm -hmm. how, where are you going to live? How are you going to live? Like, like how Jap Jap uh, Japan's culture and like how they do stuff there, because that's a lot more difficult. But I feel like God's like, okay, Sam, you want to be a missionary. I'm, I'm, I want to put you on that path. But to get on that path, you have to get over these small bumps right now, mm -hmm. and let's see how you handle that. Because if, you, like I said, if you can handle this, Sam, I think you can be able to handle a lot more stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's what I was kind of thinking. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I, I do believe uh, God has put missions in Sam's heart because mm -hmm. the way he talks about how he, he's been on his mind for a long time. I don't think God would have put that on his mind for such a period of time mm -hmm. um, without him wanting to do this. But I think God's like, okay, Sam, like, boom, I'm going to give you this, 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 and this. All these small things that seem like such mm -hmm. hard uh, headaches. How, how, how are you going to respond to it? Mm -hmm. And how, how are you going to do this? Mm -hmm. And I think... Um, I, yeah, I think I think before he becomes anything, I think God's like just let's see be how faithful be faithful in yeah, small things, small things, because mm. right now, like I, it does. I mean, I'm, oh, gosh, dude, really, I I feel for him. I really do. It sucks, mm -hmm. but um, I mean, seems to right now he's working right now. He hasn't come home yet. That's mm -hmm. good. He's still owning income. Mm -hmm. He's still able to have a roof over his head, mm -hmm. able to live. He still has friends that were willing to help him um, with stuff. And so he's, mm. it sucks, but he's, he has help, which a lot of people aren't able to do. Um, and so I think before, I was going to tell Sam this, before you become a missionary, would you deal with all this stuff? Mm. How, how, you, how you're acting right now, like think kind of thing, like Sam, Think about how you're acting right now. What you're what you're going through. Mm. Like, if that were to happen in Jap uh, Japan, would you? Mm. Do you think yeah. you would quit? Do you look, think you would so, leave J Japan? So look at the way you're handling what you're going through now, and ask yourself: Do you think that this is the mindset of someone who could uh, adequately rise up to the challenges of life in a foreign mission field? Yeah. Like, do you mm. think that you're? Um, I mean, I hate to just say temperament, but like your handling of this stressor is indicative of a healthy manner of handling stress or not healthy. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if unhealthy, then what sorts of things might uh, be able to be improved on between now and when you would actually go? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think because we all agree like when we like we've all dealt with these type of things and like at the end of it we do grow wiser because we learn from it where i say like okay well core problems like well hey i don't want this to mm. have again i'm gonna prepare for it this time yeah. i'm gonna prepare for this how much mm. it costs if this how much it costs well what's mm. this i'm gonna prepare for it. i'm gonna prepare for this stuff like that mm. i think it's really really small and i think and also that's one thing i think it's like i think god's trying to tell sam was like Prepare, like yeah. If you well, and I, I think that's also just a function of getting older. Is like, as you get older, hopefully, you know, you're also saving money, and so you just are 
better prepared the next time something like that hits. So, like, you know, the next time you have a flat, you know, the first time you have a flat tire, you're like, dang, man, a new tire is going to run me, like, you know, I don't know, what is it, like, $200, you know, and you you decide to just get the one new tire because you're like, well, that's all I can afford, and that's going to wipe me out. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I have $160 in my savings account, and so, like, Maybe I can ask my mom to loan me the other forty, mm-hmm. and then it's like okay, but but then you save and you you just stick you stick back, you know, an extra thirty mm-hmm. forty dollars per paycheck, and that that grows, and you know you have these uh, things that come up, and they take bites out of your savings, but it's like okay, just over time, it's the the damage is is costing you a lower percentage of what you have in the bank. And so it's like, you know, eventually you get a flat tire and you're like, man, this is inconvenient because mm-hmm. I'm stuck here by the side of the road, but you're not really worried about the cost of it because you're like, well, I need a new tires anyway. I'll probably just get a new set, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I think that there's a lot of stuff that you can be doing well at 17, 18, 19 years old to kind of be building the work ethic and the mindset of someone who is much more resilient once they hit 30, you know? Um, and I'm not saying that resilience and financial uh, aptitude is like the zenith of the Christian life, but I think that when you walk in wisdom and you learn how to steward your money well and to save and to also be generous, you know, to be kind, to be gracious and, and open-handed, um, you know, the Lord gives you what you need and maybe, you know, well, maybe what God gives you that is best for you is, you know, just a lot more struggle and a lot more, um, you know, and that's going to be what makes you more into the image of Christ. But I would say typically I, I don't see that as being the case. You know, there are situations where that winds up being the case. But again, that's kind of the outlier. And I think that the norm is you work hard, you steward your money well, you, you know, be willing to say no to, you know, certain uh, trips or outings or, or, you know, just leisure activities that you'd like to do, you know, the extra time spent playing League of Legends or watching, you know, shows and you just, you go and you grind and you get after it. Mm. And then, you know, I I think that that's the typical, the general wisdom, Mm. you know, and I disagree. I think that Proverbs is general wisdom, but we can have that discussion a different time. mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think this is part of the conversation. I would say it's part of the conversation now. And I want to say this uh, to David because, and I would say this to like Miguel, because I know that we argue a lot. We don't see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. We're about to not see eye to eye again. And I'm not doing this on purpose because there's a lot that we agree on. Right. We just like to remember the things we don't agree right. on. But um, really the point of all of this was about going to Japan, mm-hmm. not about how are you stewarding your money or how you're living your life, which if you went into Japan, it might be in God's plan. For him to learn all that stuff, especially to more, learn how to steward money. Well, to 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 live the life that's that needs to be lived in Japan as a missionary, not as a person who lives in America, and how I'm so. so I, I I know what well, you're gonna say. okay. Sorry. Because I I don't know if necessarily you do know exactly what I'm gonna say. It's like oh. it's better to learn. Okay, let's say I'm I'm awaiting the day that I'll be a missionary to Japan. Yeah. Uh, it's better to learn how to function uh, well as a member of a, an American society now and then go to Japan and then have to relearn how to be a functioning member of, a, of another society 
rather than the alternative being we'll just don't learn anything yet and then you know try to pick up when you get there because what you learn in America is not just how to become a functioning member of an American society, but you learn how to learn how to be a member of a society. You yeah. Know? So you develop that, uh, I don't want to say skill, but like that uh, insight. Yeah, but you, know? you, you will learn that. Hold on, because my... So this kind of deals with what you're uh, thinking okay. to say. It's just, uh, like, I'm, these are honest questions. Yeah, does it anywhere in the Bible, because Dan said this kind of earlier, uh, something to do come with this. So anywhere in the Bible that God uses somebody that has zero knowledge before doing that for God? Yes. Or can you give, like, I'm asking, like, honest, like, can you give me... Speaking in tongues? Well, it's, it's, I because don't know if that's if you, what you're talking about. You're talking about going into ministry? I'm just saying, like, like to do a task? A task for God yes. without any... Um, prior knowledge to Prior that? knowledge or any experience. Yeah. Like, can you... The, can, the prophets... That you can't have an experience being a prophet like Amos was a was a shepherd. Okay. Can you? What about like missions uh, walk? Online? What about okay. yeah, all all, all of them? But uh, what about you got two fishermen in John and James? Well, actually Peter as well. But they but, were fishermen. Okay. Yeah, they were official. Yes, they were, they were fishermen. But Jesus taught them. You're, no, but you're both, right. But right. did he teach them before and is like, look, stay here. This is my instructions for you. Prepare yourselves, and then I'll come back for you. Or did he say, come follow me, yeah. and they had to learn hard? And so that's my problem, is that well, I think there might be things for Lamb, uh, for Lamb, for Sam to learn, but it doesn't mean stay here, because that's the whole point. If God is trying to tell him, go to Japan, then he will never learn what right. he needs to learn and the way he needs to learn it by staying here. So I think that I, my so problem... So you're saying just go? I think... Okay, but, but I, I'm interested, is this the same train of thought that you were on before? Yeah, it's all okay, it's okay. it's all related because when you said that Proverbs is generalism, it's like, uh, well, and I I don't think so. It is scripture, but I'm not going to necessarily disagree with you that it's it's generalism in the way that we talked about generalism, which is like do this and it's safe. Mm -hmm. But like I think that there are spiritual applications from Proverbs that aren't literal to what it says. For instance, I think a lot of people will take when it talks about don't be a sluggard. And, you know, save up food and all that stuff to be like, you know, be a good steward with your money and save up and make sure that you're prepared for when your car breaks down uh, things like that. And it's like, no, because what they're talking about there is don't be stupid and not prepared to survive. If you don't gather the food and you don't put in the work for the food, you will die. But how do we apply that as Christians? It's not about being good steward with our money, not to say that that in itself, that topic about how we steward our money isn't something worthy to talk about as Christians, but it's like, how am I a spiritual sluggard? And how am I to be wise with the time and the resources in reaping and sowing as a Christian, which has less to do with stewarding my money and more to do with developing myself spiritually, not so that I become the saint per se, but that I become more uh, useful, I suppose, I, in the in the kingdom, serving others, loving others, encouraging others, shepherding others. So I don't think it has to be only one and not the other. First of all, I think there can be multiple applications. You know, the more spiritual life right. application and the money application. But then I I just I thoroughly disagree with the second part where you say um, that like you have these ethereal spiritual realities and they're so much more important than like you know work and money and labor and and all and all that kind of stuff it's like i get what you mean but 
But at the same time, like your money is probably going to be a huge asset by which you can bless people. And Luther has his whole thing about the monk and the milkmaid. You know, you have a, a milkmaid who just wakes up faithfully, you know, with the sun every morning and she goes and milks her cows and she takes her milk to market and she sells it. And by that milk, um, you know, she's able to get the goods to feed her own family. And then you have, um, you know, other, uh, you know, people buy the milk and they use, you know, they use it to feed their children, blah, blah, blah. And then you have a monk who, like, he, he just contemplates, um, you know, one <laughs> phrase of Aquinas' right. commentary, or, like, of the Summa mm-hmm. Theologica. Or a prayer or like, something. Hey, and, and he just does that, and he doesn't pour himself out in labor to, you know, cert, which, you know, a lot of monks did labor, but mm-hmm. he, and, you know, Luther was a monk, so he's not reading, mm-hmm. or he's not writing from ignorance here. But he says, like, who is more about the kingdom work? The monk who locks himself in his cloister and just, you know, contemplates his navel for 16 hours a day, or the milkmaid who's blessing her community. Yeah, but if the monk is deep in prayer, which is what monks do, and I would even take this is even an orthodox position, like the monk is praying for the milkmaid. And so, and also the problem with Luther, and I think, like, and this is a good discussion, but I have noticed this were years ago is that what we're trying to do with, with when we look at like Luther and it's because if you want to lean into the Reformation everything's going to be written in a 16th century kind of uh, context and it's like the milkmaid is in a Christian community anyways and whether that's nominal or not but like we don't live that world anymore a lot of what Martin Luther says doesn't make sense no For, I, I, I like, think it in, totally in, in does the, because it's like the, the, the principal people who are the recipients of my blessings, like my financial blessings, and, and saying, like, I want to pour out generosity on you, are the people who are members of my community of faith, you know? It's like we're, we're here oh. for each other. And I've, I've been tremendously blessed monetarily and, you know, with just, let's say, words of encouragement by the people who are a part of my community of faith. Now, I get that I interact with people who are not, you know, Christians or who are not my church people, but it's yeah. like... That's still my, when I think of my community, I think of CCC. Right. But know? like, let's just be honest, even when we're talking monetarily, is more money going to that community or is more money going to the other community? What other community do you mean? The secular community. The, the, is, am the, I donating more money to the... Well, you're not donating it. The government am is I kindly actually? asking you for it. And oh, through taxes. For, mm-hmm. Well, yes. Well, I mean, I do that because Jesus told me to do that. Well, but yeah, but... It's it, like the money, the, the net, or no... Yeah, the net income, what I get, what I have say over, it's definitely the church that receives more of a blessing from it than, like, let's say, just other secular institutions of charity. You know. Well, not I'm not even talking about secular institutions of charity. I'm just like, where does your money go? I mean, it would be an interesting thing to actually figure that out because I I mm-hmm. doubt that it really goes into your community as much as it doesn't go into your community yeah but, you're saying like when i buy the t-shirt that yeah cotton was we, we, which, which and, all of us yeah. do but like uh the the it's not necessarily just about you know the money or whatnot but like the way this this is something that i've said before the way that we can bless people is different than the way the world can bless people and it's like if we're just going to like it's almost like let's do both and but it's like but if we're putting so much effort to to make it both and and we're and it's actually taking away the effort that we could put into the spiritual thing the spiritual blessing i guess that that christians can do then i would say that no we're not actually going about it the right way because again we're the only people in all of existence that can bless 
a, another human being the way that we can. That's what we believe. If and and so like the calling and what you see with with the Bible, and this is the point I want to make. You said it's it's uh, not sexy to be the one who's always stewarding money and working on our stuff. And it's like yeah, it's not a sexy story, and also it's not it's not a story that you find often in Scripture. Even though Jesus talked more about money than most other topics, his 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 topic about money was so that people wouldn't be greedy and and live for it. Mm. But that's different. But, but it wasn't relinquish. It wasn't relinquish responsibility. Well, okay, I and I also think I mean, there's a the, okay. I also think there's a false. Um, I I don't even know what the fallacy would be called, but it's like, man, I read these history books, and all I'm reading about is kings. So yeah. I'm going to assume that everybody who lived in the Middle Ages were kings or royals or mm -hmm. nobles, and there just were no people who were living as serfs, because I don't read mm -hmm. about any of their names. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, you read the Gospels, and you read the Book of Acts, right. and it's missionaries, and yeah. it's church planters, and it's elders, and you know apostles and deacons, mm -hmm. and you don't read about the... You know, the 5,000 who were saved on the day of Pentecost who weren't Peter and James and, you know, like they, they weren't the they weren't the leaders. They were the, the normal people. And, and what they were doing was, you know, um, they, they were working and they were they were not assuming that anything that they owned was theirs. They were exercising generosity. Right. Um, but I think that to try to divorce these aspects as though there's like the, the ethereal disembodied life and then mm. there's the fleshly like embodied life and the fleshly embodied life is to be um neglected it's like well you when you starve your body you starve your spirit so for example without saying anyone in particular but it's like i know people that are uh like they're slack in their work and they they choose to not work a lot of hours and then it's like what happens to their spirit they become dominated with fear mm. and they become dominated with uncertainty about the future and they're their ministry or their capacity to minister to others is hobbled by the fact that like they're they're not even able to really stand on their own two feet. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, nourish nourish the body, nourish the the um physical aspects of the community like so that you can, you know, say more than just be warmed and filled to to your brother or sister, like nourish um the the physical realities and in that, you will find yourself more uh, well equipped to address, you know, a lot of a lot of spiritual realities. And and I get that there is a I don't you know I know you're not talking about asceticism where it's like you just no. you know neglect the one over the other. But I think that sometimes it can turn into that, and it's like you you, you wind up neither physically robust, by which I mean your body, your estate, your you know. The, the things that fall to you, nor spiritually robust. And but I don't so, think they're unrelated. But I was I could say the opposite. If you're spending so much time just trying to build for this life. Correct. Yeah. There's a ditch on yeah. that side of the road as well. Yeah. Right. You so, know, and, and I, I don't think, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, and please, like, challenge me when you see, you know, ungodliness in my life. But I do think that I'm uh, embodying a healthy balance of, like, I, I go to work, I try to earn money and invest it well and, and you know, provide for my wife. My wife's going to be a stay-at-home mom soon, provide for my, my child that's on the way, like, you know, nourish her. And it's like when, when I when I work and, you know, earn money that she uses to buy groceries that nourish us, it's like my physical work is also a, a spiritual blessing to her, you right, know? Right, right. So do that, but also 
culture in the word. It's like, man, we were we were going through we're going through Galatians right now. We're in Galatians two, and she's reading the Bible this morning. And she's like, what does this whole thing mean about like, you know, being dead to the law, and you know, how are we supposed to, you know, it's it's like we're giving ourselves back over to the authority of the law if we do that. And it's like I got to just sit down with her and talk to her about like the old covenant and how you know we're just the the difference that Christ makes. So it's like I don't feel like I'm, you know, I, I'm not like this Wall Street guy who's just like i gotta wake up early and do my day trades and then i gotta go to go in and like just money 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 pursue pursue you know mm -hmm. uh but at the same time i'm not neglecting the mm -hmm. care of my own body or my wife's physical needs like you know for for the sake of well i'm just gonna read you know 10 more chapters in the old testament and and contemplate that rather than go to work it's like no you need to be doing both Right, and I, I don't disagree that you need to be doing both, but it's the purpose in which we do work. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so what what I would say is like, well, obviously there is this direct attachment between the work that you do and then providing mm -hmm. for your family. Mm -hmm. But the idea of, I would call this a, a, a Dave Ramsey mentality. Oh, yeah. I, I see a lot of things I don't like. I remember when I read that book and I was like, <clears throat> there's so little in here about the kingdom and generosity. Mm -hmm. And he says stuff about tithing and, and right. giving but it's like dude i'm not here to get a like stacked roth ira yeah you know but so like and and this is again back to discerning the will of god because there's no way that like for instance the things that you said that someone can just go mm -hmm. right off the bat and say well this is not what god mm -hmm. wants for you mm -hmm. this is what we're discussing but mm -hmm. it is always possible to look at your life and say yeah i could give more like mm -hmm. yes my my you know in your instance my mm -hmm. wife is pregnant i want to be protecting her but i don't need a permanent shelter right i don't need to be living where i'm at i could right now sell everything that i've got move my family to argentina or wherever in the world now someone would say well that's unwise you got a wife and family you know that's coming up and everything but it's like but you, no, I don't think it necessarily is unwise, you know. It's like, well, look, no, I'm just saying some people can say that, yeah, you know. So it's like, uh, so what, what I'm what I'm saying is that the purpose of our lives mm -hmm. and, our, and our work and everything isn't about attaining mm -hmm. something that's temporary, mm -hmm. yeah. And and I definitely think that of the two ditches, there are far more Americans, especially, right? And you know, I, man. Definitely Western civilization and maybe just the whole, you know, of, of all of humanity. There's more people in the ditch of, you know, pursuing too much after uh, money and neglecting the care of their souls mm -hmm. than there are people who are like super ascetics and just like, you know, right. they, they mm -hmm. read the whole New Testament every day, but then they don't work mm -hmm. and they, they starve themselves and they're, they're, you know, I think that either is unhealthy, but definitely the second one is far more rare, mm. you know? And, but I don't think that the way to correct, you know, it's not like, well, I drove in the ditch on the right side of the road. So now I, in order to balance things out, I got to drive into the ditch on the left side of the road. Right. It's like, there does exist a healthy, holistic approach where you're caring for your body and the physical needs of your, you know, family and of, you know, you're helping to uh, care for the physical needs of those in your community. You're giving generously. And also, you're, you know, discipling people and, you know, caring for their souls, asking them how you can pray for them, praying for them, visiting them, texting them, checking up on them. And I think that the main context 
that that is to be done is in a local church. And that's why I said when I think of my community, the people who are receiving the most blessings from my life, physically and spiritually, are, I mean, so hopefully, first of all, is my wife. But then beyond that, it's like, it's my church, Hmm. you know? I think uh, one of the things I want to do, do want to kind of like talk about is like, like what uh, Dave was talking about of this might be a start of a longer path Mm. of, I wholeheartedly endorse anyone that wants to go to the missions. Like we want to be pushing the gospel forward and absolutely Mm. that's our chief priority. Mm. But I want to see the gospel go forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just see flashy. Mm -hmm. We're going to get like people saying we're going to get the gospel. I want to see it go. Mm -hmm. So what I'm, what I'm evaluating is I'm saying, Sam says that he wants to go to Japan. I want to see him in Japan 10 years later. So I want to mm-hmm. think of that, Mark. I don't want to think about him getting there to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the a year from now. I'm th- trying to think 10 years down the road. How will I, how could I help him to get to 10 years where he's successfully there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my framework. And so that's why it's like, it can seem harsh. It can seem uh, like overly cautious or kind of like a bummer and not as inspirational. It's like, well, let's get this groundwork because if, if it takes six months to get you over there mm. and you were there for 10 years. I'd rather that than you go in a week from now. Like maybe mm. this is God yeah. starting the, the snowball yes. to build up, you know, get I'm this training and get that, and get, you know, like what, <laughs> what David was saying of like, seriously to get, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. But to get this to that. And it's kind of like, it reminds me of karate kid where it's like, <laughs> why in the world did a, f- like painting a fence have anything mm-hmm. to do with going to the mission field? Why did, why did having to like build this have to go or stain a deck have to go? And then he finally gets the last fight and each of those taught him a move. Mm. And sometimes we see things in it. Like you can, you re, you look down your what a past, movie. right? You I look, yeah. have to rewatch. You look at your past and you go, this thing that I didn't realize was teaching me for ministry. And I didn't realize it at the time. And I'm glad I gave my all to that. Or this would have taught me that, but I didn't focus on it. And so I think, I think that's helpful because from my experience in ministry, it is so much harder to shepherd someone. It's so much harder to plan a church than it is to responsibly figure out how to get a ride Mm -hmm. than it is to responsibly figure out how to fix a car situation. So Mm -hmm. just by plain obvious things, if you can't handle that, you obviously can't handle the other thing. There's no way like, I can't lift 50, you know, I can't lift 155 pounds. There's no mm. way I can lift 500. Yeah. Mm. That's kind of why people kind of say those mm. things. It's, it's not to discourage. It's just to say, well, so what's the solution? Yeah. I want to, I want to see you, I want to see work you work your it. way yeah. there. I'm not saying that's oh. the only way. I'm just saying that's usually what people are saying. So what, what's your plan? Who have mm. you talked to? I, I want to, who endorses that? I want to clarify that when I say Karate Kid is a great movie, that I don't super care for a lot of the, like, I don't think most of the acting is that good. I know it was, like, the least thing on everybody's minds. But, like, the idea that there's a concept from that movie that is so metaphorically resonant that people constantly reference back to that movie for the for the, mm-hmm. the concept of slow, almost un... In, like imperceptible progress mm-hmm. and then like you know just patience and discipline and building a skill set that you use later on that's what i think mm-hmm. makes that movie great mm-hmm. david's been patient um so i i'm with you on like saying it's okay if some people are like hey just leave everything just go just go uh but i think okay so how i see it it's like okay are you that type of person i, I think it's very weird to find those type of people that are willing to just go and do it mm. because <laughs> Because of this. Okay, so let's let's look at the past 200 years. Let's look at some of the 
great i in she, like my opinion i don't know about you guys but my opinion some like inspirational people mm-hmm. in the last 20 years i think it's jim elliot hudson taylor moody and george Mueller. Mm-hmm. Okay. some of the most inspirational christian people mm-hmm. okay let's look at three of them let's no carry no judson okay let's look at this <laughs> so let's look actually it's four of them actually but that's what right, look at elliot mm-hmm. Mueller, and uh moody those three Okay, actually, I will put Hudson in there too, but we, okay, we'll go there later. Alright, so, I'm not saying Sam isn't, but I'm just going to kind of use his name. Mm-hmm. Is Sam, okay, so... Don't Mulo, make this too much, like, a, like, specifically about him. No, it's not, okay, I'd it's not. speak more in general. Okay, just his yeah. general generality. Okay, okay so, look so at if, Mulo, we're, if we're talking about a person going on the missions, and then continue. Okay, um, so Mulo, uh, he, uh, you know, started all these orphanages. Every single day he was dependent on God. He would pray to God like, God, tomorrow I don't have enough money to pay for this one. I don't have enough money to feed these children. And literally like the next day or like that, there's a story like that same night, like a truck of like milk like broke down. And he's like, hey, these milk's going bad. Give it to the kids. Like God answered that. So you see all these great stories. And then if you read his book, his book he wrote, you can see a lot of sufferings he went through. He mm-hmm. was living. He was sleeping on the streets. Mm-hmm. He was got beaten. He got robbed. He mm-hmm. got all this stuff. Taylor, you see all these great things he prayed and things came true. But if you read his book, he went through a lot of sufferings. He, mm-hmm. his second wife died. His first and second mm-hmm. wife were both killed. His uh, three daughters died. Mm-hmm. Like you see a lot of these sufferings and stuff, um, because it's the people who do the hundred percent depend on God. Mm-hmm. If you are telling someone to go, hey, just go out and do it. It is, I uh, I feel like more people would break and just leave and just, and then like all that hard work was for nothing. Like they're just going to leave yeah. instead of preparing them. And so that when they, excuse... well, how would you prepare them? All right. So like, I think, I think it kind of says it's like just a slowly step by step. I don't think you should just go out and like prepare pray. them for the mission. Field? Yeah. And just say like God. Well, for like... these things that you're talking about, like how do you prepare someone? For well, them? for the mission field specifically, I'd say. What's what's the first and most obvious thing you can be doing to prepare yourself to go to a foreign mission field? Money. Uh, no. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think I mean, that helps. That's, you know, that's so you very can be significant. more. You can be more self reliant. You don't have to. Right. You know, you you can move around more, but mm-hmm. more intuitive than that. Even. Come I mean, on. I would just say prayer. Okay, I'm talking about like a physical thing. Oh. Foreign mission field. A boat. <laughs> uh, language. language. Language learning. All right, because you don't believe in tongues. Um, but, well, you know. <laughs> just, dang, it feels good. Then, I, know, I would say service would be the first thing that you should do. Okay, well, one of the largest, what? you know, and most intuitive things. I so would it's, say is that. it's, but to, to get this right, you're talking about spiritual disciplines? No, well, I mean... I think that I don't think anything is not spiritual, but I'm talking about specifically learning the language of the people group to which you will be will be ministering. Right. Yeah. Um, well, but what, what I mean by spiritual discipline is is basically sanctification and not so much like like don't if you're going to go to Japan and like you're spending a lot of your time learning how to box. Mm-hmm. Stop learning how to box, mm-hmm. you know, like that's not really helping. So it's, I, I feel like. With, when it comes to spiritual discipline, 
it's how are you going to reach people and talk to them about being a Christian if you're not growing mm-hmm. as a Christian? I think that's the mm-hmm. foundation of it all. Mm-hmm. Especially so, if you don't have to, because also you want to find like, what do you want to do? When you say yeah. I want to be a missionary, what does that mean? Because okay, to me, pastor, the first, yeah, because yeah, to me, my mind goes to and... planting a church. So I'm thinking right. that you're meaning you want to be a church planter. Um, and, but if you're saying like, oh, I want to go and, you know, like help out with electronics for missionaries or something like that. Mm-hmm. And those are really great things or help out like nursing or something like that. That's great. And I'm, I would endorse that, but that's, that's what I was like saying is like something or a good point of clarification. What do you mean by I want to go? I feel called to go over to this place. Um, and so if you're meaning a church planter, start looking into all the things that that involves. That's really mm-hmm. tough. I can't do it. I can't, I can't plant a church um, by myself. That is hard work that in, involves a lot of different aspects. And one of the main aspects is uh, for eldering or pastoring, um, you're called to be a leader, which means that uh, are you going to say that your life should be emulated by the people in the congregation? Mm, yeah. So. Yeah, it's big. <coughs> Just overall holiness. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's something that I wrestle with a lot is like, Am I comfortable saying like that that my uh, my life and my example is worth being followed? That mm. people would be better off if they followed my example versus uh, doing their own what they're can doing. I, can I call them to be imitators of me yeah. as I'm an imitator of Christ? And I think that's a, a weighty thing to mm. uh, kind of think through. Uh, you know, so do I uh, do I want to be someone who is unsure and flippant of maybe this is God, maybe this isn't, or do I want a more steady example to send to the congregation? That's, and I'm not saying one answer or the other. I'm just saying those mm-hmm. things you kind of, you kind of process of like, is that, is that a good example? Am I, am I setting, am I living a life that emulates Christ to a point that other people would grow more to be like Christ if they followed my lead? Mm-hmm. That's if that's the position you're looking for, because there are other things that the mission field needs other than, uh, pastors or church planters but that's i think that's more my reason to be cautious is you know i've been there in the evaluations of you know church planting and it's like they're so like gung-ho and like let's throw people out there and the success rate in just america americans to Americans' success rate for church planting is abysmal Mm. they throw out all these people and within i think it's maybe five years it might be within three years like maybe 30 percent of them are still around Half of it is just because that pastor gets so burnt out, they leave and never go back to the ministry. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I think there's something we could be doing more than just like, hey, you got called this, go out there, here's some money. You know, I think, mm. I think there's evaluation pieces that I would say. I'd say it might be a blessing, though. Mm. I don't think we need more churches in America, to be honest. Oh, I yeah. think we needed to pepper that landscape with churches. Well, I, I think... Pepper it. There's a... <laughs> as long as they're gospel Yeah, there, there's a way. Yeah. there's a way that I, I would agree with with both of you because I think yeah. I'm with Eric where it's like, man, we, we already church. have yeah. so many buildings and established communities. It's yeah, like, what if we reformed these? Yeah. And then the other mm-hmm. way, it's like, yeah, we do need more. I mean, uh, our pastor was saying yesterday in the sermon, like every, every week I'm driving down the street and I'm like, those apartments weren't there a week ago, you yeah. know? So it's mm-hmm. like people are, the world is coming to us. Mm-hmm. So we might as well, you know, plant churches. Mm-hmm. And, so, how I say it's like when missionaries, um, so one thing, like, going to mission field, one thing you have to think is this. It's like, 
is discipline. Like no matter how much this sucks, mm. I'm gonna keep pushing it. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I have seen a lot of missionary families that leave because it got hard. Mm-hmm. A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you gotta prepare. Like, I'm glad I went there when I was younger, so it didn't really affect my life. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm young. Like I, it didn't. I didn't have much friends in the United States. It was just learning anything else. Mm-hmm. But like hearing stories from my mom, especially. It was so freaking cheap. Like there was, I cannot tell you. She said how many times like she thought about quitting or anything like that. But like, mm. this just sucks. Like we're mm. not. I can't mm. speak the language. I felt like we're just mm. useless out here. We can't. I can't communicate. It just sucks. And so, I, I do believe there are some people that are given the mentality of discipline and like mm-hmm. I'm gonna hundred percent rely on God and stuff. But you have like when you go there, you can't. I don't want people to think like, oh, if I'm going to 100% rely on God, that it's going to be easy. God's mm. going to give me, no, there's going to be days that just suck. Like, you know, like mm. he literally like sleeping on the streets for like three months straight mm. and just like praying and praying like, ah, oh, like, hey, I'm staying faithful. I know that's what you want me to do. But like, but mm. like some of his books, you see like God answered his prison. That's kind of like, oh, you see, but it's like, if you read his books, then let's look at Elliot, um, <laughs> a missionary pilot. He didn't just go like, oh, I want to be a missionary pilot. I'm not going. I'm just going to get on an airplane. And just God, just show me how to fly this airplane. Mm-hmm. No, um, he wanted to build radios. Like God, like show me how to make a video. God, like wanted to raise money. Like he he prepared mm-hmm. himself to be a missionary, and um, and I say he's a pretty dang good one too. He was a pretty dang good one. Um, his wife too. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so yes, I think there's there's no wrong answer. I don't believe there was no wrong. Answer. But I think a lot more people, I I would say like 2% of people can do is just like go, go into the mission field saying I'm going to 100% rely on God and God's going to give me the money. And mm. bravo to you for 100% doing that. But I also don't think it's mm. simple or wrong or God sees it wrong of preparing yourself for success and mm. doing this stuff. I don't well so and I, I don't disagree but I would say the context is what matters mm. right so to bring it back again mm-hmm. if God is telling Sam to go to Japan then I would say like there is a line that you can cross where you're spending too much time trying to prepare like God has already mm. told you what to do go to Japan prepare for that well, well how much money is it going to take who you're going to meet when you're there mm-hmm. and if like there's even if 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 and if that at that point it's like mm-hmm. there's nothing here for me like I, i've got nothing then you have to depend on god right mm-hmm. but, hold Do- on, let me make this point okay, okay. there's a lot of talk of like uh what what can like how prepared am i or what capabilities do i have and it's like i think i'm not gonna say every time but i think a lot of times where uh, the story has more weight is when God is using someone who isn't prepared, who isn't able, because the whole point is that it's God doing this. And I think that a lot of times what we do is just fabricate, like we make it happen. And then we say, Oh, it was God when it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> so for me, like when I was thinking was what Sam was, was talking about and just some, some of the things people said, it's like, I really wonder why these some of these people would say those things and they're also like willing to give thanks for God for a meal when I could be as cynical as they are and be like, well, why are you giving thanks God for a meal? You have a job, you have money, you have a working body, 
and every day you will wake up hungry. It is with 100% certainty you are going to have a meal if you have those things. What is so special about this that you believe like God gave it to you, that you're giving thanks to God? Well, it's because we believe that God is in control and that even the meal, right? And, and well, like, and the healthy body and the job and yes, the, the all, means. All yeah. that stuff came into play. Mm-hmm. The tension that we're, we're facing is because we know that looking at providence just on the surface does not mean necessarily something. And this is the tension that I've been living with for a long time because, okay, that's fine. I can't seem to look at events play out and assume it's God. But mm-hmm. then then why would I assume any event is from God? Why not mm-hmm. just be an, an atheist or mm-hmm. maybe a deist, mm-hmm. you know? And it's because you do believe that there is an interactive God. And it's like, okay, so how is probably the central question to all of my thoughts. How is God interacting? Mm. I think for Sam, that is what's being brought into his mind. How, if God was interacting, how was he interacting? And, and, you know, it's like, I don't care if he goes to Japan and he fails, not because I, because honestly, personally, and Sam knows, I told him like, I don't want him to go. Mm-hmm. I'm selfish about it. like mm-hmm. you're my best friend everybody mm-hmm. knows that we're attached to the hip <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like I don't want him to go mm-hmm. but I'm not going to tell him not to go because he's lived here long enough mm-hmm. he's talked about this long enough mm-hmm. and it's like yeah if you go to Japan now and even if you're so unprepared and you go there and it just kicks your butt like but if this is what God wants mm-hmm. then that butt kicking is also needed mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's like i i don't i'm not going to try to give you the general wisdom answer because if god is speaking to you then throw the general wisdom out now we're talking about what does god want it's not about what does what makes sense for me as a human being without any direction if god is speaking to you yeah. throw the general wisdom out yeah and i know okay. that's hard for you this is where i would well, say it's just like i see where that has landed you and him and you know well a lot of people but but you said like even if you fail there's nothing to be ashamed yeah about. exactly which is i'm on i was on board with everything up to that point but i'm like okay i just i do feel like <laughs> i need to point out how uncomfortable i am with that phrase but you, you can keep you can keep going no, no it's not uncomfortable it's nonsensical i don't think it is nonsense but i would say like i i get what so, you're saying like so I, you should listen to what god is saying but god no god what? that's what you just said I don't. I don't so know. So the God wove the universe with His wisdom, and yeah. it's inseparable from who He is. Yeah, but but He's saying that you know there are times that you see, um, like Jesus didn't tell Peter go get a job and then you'll have the money to pay your taxes. He said like go you know fishing and you'll find a fish. So it's like some. <laughs> oh, yeah. there, he's saying that sometimes Eric is saying that sometimes you know God will provide special circumstances that circumvent normalcy you know is, okay. is that well, is that fair like okay. yeah well let me and let me give like an example practica- like a pragmatism maybe more correct than yeah there okay we go. well because i would say generalism is pragmatism no no I, well I, as, I, as long as we understand that that's what the fundamental disagreement is on okay like yeah. just the semantics because i would say like godly it. wisdom is is you know beginning with the, mm-hmm. it, with the fear of the lord and it it goes beyond pragmatism mm-hmm. but but we would also say that Proverbs is both general wisdom and it's godly wisdom. Right. Like and it's I, godly I know, wisdom that yeah. is in general yeah. applied to so, mm-hmm. yeah. things. So like just to give an example, like um, w- what I'm trying to say is if God, so like 
I think for probably the most of us, mm -hmm. uh, that getting something from God, like God coming to you and, mm -hmm. and, and, and specifically communicating to you, you know, so to put you on a mission mm -hmm. is, uh, isn't something we've experienced or, you know, like I have confusion in my life mm -hmm. about that, but point I mean, is, I it's, Math, it was in the end of Matthew. Jesus said, go make disciples of all the world. Yeah, but he didn't just call you to do that. Okay. So why does it have to be special? Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, if it is special. He told anyone that would follow him to do this. Yeah. Which means if you follow him, that's your mission. Right. But there's, there isn't, it's the way you do that. We're not all doing it the same we're way. We're not correct? all foreign missionaries. Well, it's not just that we're not all former missionaries. We're not all called yeah, pastors. I know, I know. Right, right okay, okay. That is an example, right? So it's like, but I'm not even saying like mm -hmm. that is wrong. What mm -hmm. I'm saying is if God does specifically talk to you to do something, mm -hmm. like he told Agabus, for mm -hmm. instance, to go mm -hmm. to Paul and tell him mm -hmm. whatever, then I'm saying it changes. It's a game changer. Mm -hmm. And so like, don't go relying on general wisdom because one, you're not in a general circumstance, mm -hmm. you know? So for, for, for for like Sam or anyone in this position, I guess yeah, the million dollar question is, is God like, you know, leading you? Mm -hmm. And look, if you could be praying and then things are happening and it seems to line up with what your prayers are doing, and then you go off of that and then you fail miserably and like it's to your detriment and it just ruins you and you just die a decrepit old man. Mm-hmm. I know you guys obviously are shares, but for me, I'm like, well, then that is, those are some serious questions about God mm. because it's hard to, it's something we talked to in the last podcast. My hardest thing that I deal with or that, that I uh, struggle with isn't the philosophical, isn't the philosophical aspect of Christianity. I think the teachings are mm -hmm. far superior to anything out there, but it's a relationship mm. and it's hard to trust God who's, who could let that happen to you. It's like, mm. but like, what, what else am I supposed to do? I, so I don't think that that's possible. I don't think that that would happen. It doesn't mean you won't be sleeping on the street for three months. Mm -hmm. But so for if like that's the stuff you've got to face. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like, look, if you're not going to Japan and you're not going to be sleeping on the street for three months, then, yeah, you know, get get yourself a job, get yourself a house, like do what you can do, I guess, whatever God is going to allow you to do. But if you are going to go to Japan and you're going to get your butt kicked physically and spiritually and you're going to be sleeping on through, then that, that whole stuff isn't going to be helpful to you. What you need to be doing is trusting in God and praying to God and being prepared for that kind of suffering. Mm -hmm. I think like in, in scripture, you do have the general populace who Paul is talking to or who Peter mm -hmm. will talk to. And he has and it's like it's mm -hmm. not a very, like you said, romantic, mm -hmm. necessarily a romantic life. But. Paul does say in Philippians, follow my example. And there is nothing that's just completely ordinary about Paul's example. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, obviously a lot of this is dependent on God and how he wants to communicate to us. But if at the moment, like you have a moment like Paul did where a blinding light comes about mm -hmm. you, you know, it's like, okay, well, be prepared for a lot of things to mm -hmm. just go topsy-turvy and upside mm -hmm. down. I think that's really great because I was about to just... Uh, pick up on that moment okay. on what we're talking about something that's great is uh, I think the our tendency is to get really really excited and go super super quick mm -hmm. and be like mm -hmm. let's get out there like what you're talking about because I think um, I'm 100% on board with you of like maybe that's what you need to go out there but I'm just saying it doesn't have to be right no. now because no. like they, I'm glad you pointed out Paul 
that was the one of the most miraculous like this is your mission go to me yeah how long until he started mm. he spent three years three, three years yeah. of study before he went out and started that well of preparation yeah and preparing for a mission that jesus himself said go do yeah mm. and i that's why i'm thinking of like take uh, take a couple like mm. take take a couple months take a couple years like talk oh, yeah. about talk mm -hmm. to like we have missionaries in our church who are missionaries to the japanese and mm. who will tell you the first thing you need if you're going to do any if you're going to get any ear right. of a japanese person is clout yeah mm. why should they they need you need to be a respectable member of society that fits in right, right. for them to listen mm. to you if you stand out they're not going to see you as an authority figure to be listened to right you're not wise what is it the hammer the nail that sticks out is hammered down any non-conformity is not respected mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. so you know, just popping over their ragamuffin, mm. you know you're gonna fail because that's the people group. Yeah. So learn about that right. people. That that's what I think when you were asking me like what to prepare. Like learn about um, why that, why that. Kind of, what what if God is calling you to Norway? Mm. Is it? Are you only going to? Is it only this that you're solid on? And that's where it's like. So why would it say it's like meditate on? Did God call you to that, or is that just a place you wanted to go to, and this was a way Absolutely. to baptize it? That's the, the that's the push and pull. But I think one of the things that I want to share from my life experience, mm. um, in my walk, that that Jesus has been amazingly merciful to me, and is, um, I don't know where I'm officially going to land up yet, and I'm thinking through where does God want to have me long term? Where does God want to put mm -hmm. me? Um, is it church planting? Is it eldering? But one of the things that I was uh, challenged in by a couple of great brothers in my life and one of the principles that i put into action and i think i would say it is the single most important thing in my walk with jesus and in my joy in him is that no matter where he's going to put you ultimately while you're searching you still are able to do the ministry along the way to ministry right, right, right. so you can still be pouring out be serving and yeah. serving in, in every you, yeah. in every little thing like they'll let you set up chairs they'll let you you know, reset commune. They'll let you be a greeter. They'll let you mm -hmm. maybe even like uh, facilitate a life group discussion, like all these little things. So that's my thing that I would, would share is I'm not just being like, Hey, wait, all that fervor and the excitement and the potential, like right, right, right. just squash them. Like, dude, go for it. Like open up, flourish, take chances. Like, yeah. you know, go to downtown Orlando and hand out bags and share the gospel, like pour into that. Yeah. That's so my, my recommendation and being cautious is not to be withdrawn is like, full steam ahead but just start right now in this neighborhood and then work your way to japan yeah. that's my and, and i i would agree um just real quick because you know when we were talking with sam mm -hmm. like going to alabama because that was mentioned mm -hmm. was like well if you if, if nothing's going to work for here and it's going to be a more of a headache for you to try to still work here go to alabama yeah, yeah. Uh, it might not be the most ideal situation but who knows how much you're going to grow there before you get to so there's no That's way right. that you could put a timeline but it's like mm. move mm. go out in yes. faith take the step in faith That's and be right. like everything i'm doing now is for the pre preparation mm -hmm. and that's if you believe this is god mm -hmm. right there's still that question but i i think having a failure in my own life it's like it's it's not fun but it's like why are we going to sit here and talk about what we believe and we're never even going to try to figure out if, if God's even knocking at the door? You know? Mm -hmm. It's just like, that's just what what, what bothers me. And I'm a guy who loves comfort. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I... And I'm not saying, like, we're 100% the same in the way that we love comfort or anything, but, like, I get why you're a cessationist. Mm 
<laughs> I totally get it. Like, it's very appealing. It's very safe. It's just like... It's not just that, though. You know I have arguments. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> we need to talk about it. I've been saying that we need to do a podcast I've, about stations and, and continuous. I'm going to continue to be the guy that, like, devil's advocate and pokes at people. Mm. Good. Here. He's a continuationist but, in that he's going to continue to poke. Right. <laughs> but I, I, I'm actually going to disagree with that strongly, that cessationist is safer. Well, you, I feel like you were in the middle of a, yeah, you a go train ahead. of thought. Uh, well, but yeah. let me, well, remind me to come back to my thought. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh... Well, so, uh, yeah, so, like, I know that uh, we like our, or I was going to say that I like comfort, I understand what cessation, but, like, for me, <laughs> it's, like, I I just don't see that that's how God is operating. I think he does like to take mm-hmm. us out of our comfort zone, and this is why mm-hmm. I really have a problem a lot of times with God, is because, mm-hmm. you know, like, you make it so uncomfortable. But it might mm-hmm. look different for people, like, for mm-hmm. for some person it's uncomfortable because and i'm not again because we're going back to this but like it could be speaking in tongues Mm -hmm. you know or for somebody it's just like uh you know you you have to live minimally or something Mm. you know it just depends Mm -hmm. do i get to go first (laughs) so (laughs) smooth transition so yeah so one of the things i I like to push back on because i think there's like certain misconceptions about uh like the difference between cessation and continuation and, and saying it's it's safer, I think. And maybe I just haven't seen a whole lot of great charismatic stuff done. But like what I was talking about with the whole, when you do the whole like pray, whatever God's going to lead me to, and it always leads to something, or for a lot of people, it's always going to lead to what they want or what they already wanted to do. Yeah. Or these prophecies, like I was saying, that are always in their self-interest <clears throat> yeah. or always benefiting them or... You're getting God called. told me to date you. God told me really to pretty. date this person that I already that I already like. Mm. God told me to move to this country that I wanted to mm. be be at. God told me to. Uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay lay a lot of stuff. God told me to. Uh, I not not deal with not deal with this person because it would it would be too frustrating to say what I was frustrated. You know, like to, to share my nags with them because and can uh, resolve the conflict. And so I didn't I didn't want to do that. Or God told me to. Um, uh, avoid this this church or god told me not to keep pursuing ministry or anything that's like in the self-interest of that person versus in the kingdom interest that is comfortable to me that because it's it's i don't have to i don't have to solve conflicts i don't have to do uh, have negative conversations i want to do i get to go to the places i want to go i get to uh, try to coerce the ladies that I want to marry and be married to me. I wonder how many guys have gone up to a girl they're not attracted to and said, God Lord, me. yeah, yeah, God is telling me that. In, I mean, it's not impossible, but I, I want to say what I, my point is not that is not that that one's the easy one. My point is that cessationism, I think, is more uncomfortable mm. because you take that everything is God's providence. So mm. ev- so I'm not looking for the the little like even the uncertainty that I feel in the middle of. Yeah, well, what I'm saying is that, you know, like, this one time with Sam's car and saying, is that God speaking? Someone who's cessationist is like, God has uh, ordained yeah. all these events God for my life and my sake. So, all, how would I figure out everything? Like, why is it that, why did, I have to think through my mind, is like, why did God providentially put uh, Travis, David, and Eric into my life right now at this moment that we're all talking to each other? There is something that he's doing mm. in just this little simple ordinary thing um and then a cessationist you know who holds the sufficiency of scripture so what it calls you to that's what you have to do Mm. so you don't get to say well jesus gave me a divine revelation Mm. that i don't have to 
you know, talk to this person who I have a grievance with. The scripture says, go to your brother mm. or break fellowship. Mm. Wow. That's it. And you don't have wiggle room. You don't have an out. You don't have excuses. This is it. Mm. And I think to me, I'm like, that's, that's always drawn me out of my comfort zone farther. Just the sufficiency of scripture of, it says don't do this, period. Mm. Uh, or it says an elder is qualified in these things. Are you, do you know, like I asked myself, Daniel, are you qualified in all these things? Mm. There's no like, well, but, but Jesus pulled me when I was in high school and said, you should do the ministry. Great. You've been teaching and doing all those things. That's good. But do you see this? Mm. And not like a, like a condemning, like you'll never get there, but like keep pushing on. Mm. Um, so that's, that was the only reason I wanted to bring that up of the whole, uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit more out of your comfort zone than you realize when you're pulling that what God has said he said in scripture and mm. what more can he say? He has nothing more he needs to say. Mm. It satisfies every uh, question that we have in, in faith and in life. Um, it informs. Right. I yeah. would say it informs. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, obviously I don't disagree with what you're saying, I, but I think that the, the uncomfortability comes from just being a Christian, not so much a cessationist mm. because mm. cares. There are charismatic, obviously, has all things it depends but mm -hmm. i know like for instance john piper who's more open to mm -hmm. those things or the church you go to are more open to those things they mm -hmm. all they believe also in the sufficiency of scripture and, mm -hmm. and going there the reason i would say the cessationism is more comfortable is or safer is mm -hmm. because of the comfort because it's vague like mm -hmm. it's like no nothing specifically to me or nothing specific oh per se mm. I, i'm just it's just so broad mm -hmm. and i don't have to worry about the specifics and it's like yeah i mean i totally see the appeal to it but mm. it's like now you've closed yourself off if god who who has done it in the past many times uh wants to specifically say something or if he wants to help you understand the scriptures it, it's it's the scriptures weren't built to be like pointing to itself and that's it. It points outside itself. And that to be and that being God, it points to God. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, well now I have to go here. Mm -hmm. And here's the question marks. Mm -hmm. Here's where it gets scary and, and like we, mm -hmm. we don't we don't know. And so it's like mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it would be great if there was a book on uh what happens when your van crashes and it gets towed away from Walmart. Mm -hmm. All right, Sam, there you go. But it's like it doesn't really tell Sam what to do or it doesn't really like scriptures won't really inform Sam whether or not God was trying to communicate to him here. Mm -hmm. So that's where I would say like, that's where I would stop the sufficiency. It's like, look, it, 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 it was written to contexts and peoples in context at certain times. And it's like, that's what it's going to answer. But we have 66 different mm -hmm. of these works. So it's going to have a broad spectrum. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately though, it's not going to, it's not it's really going to be, yeah, it's not going to be very informative when these kinds of things, if you're trying to say like, okay, it's God trying to speak to me, scriptures are not going to tell you unless, unless it's like obviously sin or, or not a sin. Right. Mm -hmm. But if it's like, you know, gee, you know, uh, the, the past three times, you know, I've been traveling and let's say I, for my work, I've been traveling and I've been to three different cities and three different churches and, and, and all three of those churches they've preached on um like prayer and i feel maybe i need to be praying more maybe about something specific okay 
but can I look at scripture that says that there is a specific thing that God wants me to pray for? No, there's not. There isn't, if, if that's what God's putting on my heart. So, like, how do you answer that? Well, I, I, I know you're not trying to come off as cynical, but it's like, okay, so if I, I'm just going to reduce this to its, to its bare bones. If right. I hear someone say, you know, wow, Travis, it's so easy and simplified for you because all you have to do is obey all of the scripture. <laughs> like, yeah. all you have to do is die to yourself and give generously and, you know, kill sin and, and you know, uh, be in the word and, and be in prayer and pray for your government leaders. And, you know, just like all, all it's like the Bible has given me enough to do that even if I'm not, you know, shooting, like taking these long shots on specific um, courses of action, like it will keep me busy and busy in a good and godly way. Right. You know, of like this, the sorts of things that I'm, I'm supposed to be pursuing. So I don't think of that as like an easy way out necessarily as much as it's like, wow, look at the gravity of all that Christ has called me to. And then he gave himself for me mm -hmm. and he tells me to die to myself every day. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, like the old saying of, you know, why would God give you his specific will when he has given you his general will and you don't even obey that? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, God, you know, tell me where I'm supposed to go. And it's like, if God told me to go to Kenya, I would go there. Really? Because he told you to X, Y, Z and you don't do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I have enough to to pursue. And, and it mm -hmm. it shows me who God is in a more well-rounded and holistic way than if he had me, you know, jumping on a plane to Japan this day and, mm -hmm. you know, to Tanzania the next day or whatever it is, you know. Mm -hmm. I think, I think... And I get I get what you're saying about like the specifics, but I think it's still we, we sell it a little bit too short. We sell the scriptures a little bit too short. I think that there uh, is more of an informing for those situations because we know, like you were saying, we know what God wouldn't say because the scriptures yeah. kind of rein that in. Um, but I think there is a little bit more direction because we can start thinking. So what does the scriptures call us to? Um, so this situation that he's in, how does the scripture inform that? Like where are the teachings about um, this? And then. Uh, um, I, I know, I know it's like, well, I want to figure out, is God wanting me specifically right here? And I got to figure that out. And what I was meaning, and then I w it was a little tongue in cheek, but what I was meaning by we have the great commission is what Jesus is telling us is go tell someone. Right. And we're sitting there like, okay, I got to figure out who is the, the specific person that God yeah. is destined. And God's like somebody. Mm -hmm. And we're like, but do I need to go to Kenya? Do I need mm -hmm. to go to South Africa? God, give me a sign. And God's like, go tell somebody. Mm. And you're sitting and you're uh, sitting there for years and you're letting people next to you, yeah. next door to you walk past and, and people on the street walk past and you're sitting there going, okay, God, I'm praying. Give me a fleece so I know if mm. I need to go to Germany or if I need to go to Liechtenstein. Mm. And God's like, I'm I've told you, go tell somebody. Mm. Um, so I think, that's, I think that's the thing of like, oftentimes we don't even really need a direct word mm. from God. And at the, if we get to the point where it's like direct words, like, Maybe we weren't uh, paying attention if there were gods finally coming down, like, go here, just yeah. go here, you know, like, um, because mm. uh, I think that um, we we get a little bit too in our heads mm. that we need, like, a baptized, sanctified, like, this is my field and this yeah. is where God has promised me to be, um, versus just go somewhere, mm. you know? Um, I, I like what Vodi Bauckham says about you know, there, there will be a preacher and he means well. And he's like, 
oh, I was at the waiting room at the doctor's office the other day, and, you know, there was this woman sitting across the waiting room from me, and I, uh, you know, just kept, I, I was feeling the Holy Spirit telling me to go to talk to her about the gospel, and I went and I talked to her and, you know, was able to invite her to church and whatever, and it's like, what that pastor is inadvertently teaching his congregation is that unless you feel a specific prick from the Holy Spirit, it's okay not to do that. You know, when, when like you're saying, it's, it's a lot more just generalized, like just go tell people, mm. you know, like just, just talk to people. Don't, um, don't feel like you have to hide your faith. And it's like, well, okay, I'm, I'm at the grocery store or I'm, you know, at the, at the doctor's office waiting room or, or whatever, but I don't feel the Holy Spirit telling me that, so it's fine for me not to, you know. And I'm not saying you have to evangelize to every person mm -hmm. that you come across, but it's <clears> like you might inadvertently teach your congregation if you if you preach like that, that unless they hear a specific it. word from mm -hmm. the Lord, then right. they don't have to do anything mm -hmm. in obedience to the word. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, God will tell me when I'm mm -hmm. supposed to be generous or be evangelistic or whatever it mm -hmm. is. And I and I do want to say like. I don't think that we should ignore when the Holy Spirit is pushing things on our heart and doing all and and leading us in directions or like weighing us in that way. Like I think we should be responsive to that and soft to, to the Spirit's movements. Um, mm. But I don't think because I because I feel like I've learned enough from God's revelation of who the Spirit is that the Spirit likes or even wants to or is willing to work outside of His Scripture. I think He loves to work where it's where it's present. That's why I'm saying like. I'll stay in that confines because I think that's where the spirit moves the most versus being like, you know, me to the scripture to God, like you were talking about, I'm not, and the verse is like the spirit to God. Like, I think it's me, spirit, Bible, God, like that, that yeah, yeah. kind of always in that, that framework versus the outside up to here. Um, I think of missionaries that talk about dreams, visions, like, you know, where Jesus appeared to them of a vision, a Muslim person. And what was interesting to me is they said, that the vision was Jesus saying, go find someone to tell you about the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he points right back to his revelation of who he is. So that's, that's more of my thing of like, I'm not saying like ignore one or the other. I'm saying that, that God has made purpose that, um, these things work in tandem, that he works through his word by the power of his spirit to point us to Jesus, who is the perfect image of the father. I think that's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. But does this, <laughs> I don't know if any of it still solves the problem mm. of discerning God's will. Because, uh, I mean, I really find it interesting how, how does a cessationist discern if the spirit is pricking their heart towards, your heart. Yeah. yeah, because like you said, like, that, that's a good point is like, you know, it doesn't mean you have to preach to anybody mm -hmm. because the thought, if you're going to read the Bible, the thought is going to come up. Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to tell this person or? Should I talk to this person? Just talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. And you, you eventually talk to anybody. But then, because I've done this where I, I've helped or talked or something. And I did something that was in ministry. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, but, you know, all the people I don't talk to. Mm -hmm. and, and, every, you know, it's not happening every day. And it's like, that, that becomes kind of overwhelming as well. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there isn't much of a difference to... Mm -hmm. to it's just a decision, you know? Mm -hmm. It isn't really being led. Mm -hmm. by an um by another being mm -hmm. as much as it is here's this this work that i've been reading and it says this and and i and so, so it's like mm -hmm. you believe the word 
because you believe in the person whom the word is either talking about mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. that they inspire the word that you're reading. Mm -hmm. But we're talking now about interacting with that actual person. Mm -hmm. And it's, for whatever reason, far more difficult uh, to do that. So I see, the, the, so what I say like with cessation and why yeah. it's, it's safer and more comfortable yeah. is because you just, you you run to the scriptures, which isn't a bad thing. No, no, I get you. Um, but it's like to go outside of that, then it's like you, <laughs> it's like pulling teeth. Mm -hmm. You know, try to get outside of the scripture. Try to see if maybe God is trying to interact with you in the in the world. Because if God is only there and I guess living and breathing when you open the Bible, then it's like that's not no, God. Of course. Yeah, and course I'm not saying that that's what you're what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's obviously there's, there's a, extremes on both sides. Yeah, exactly. And, I, I, that, and I think one of the things that I always want to push through is. Then in the in the normal ordinary reading of God's word, the Spirit can be present and interacting with you, mm. and I think is if in a true Christian, if mm -hmm. whenever you're reading it. So I think we sometimes we need to uh, de demythologize <laughs> our right. view of Scripture of that. Not it's like just a an ordinary board. like when when we're like when we're sitting in the study studying Scripture using commentaries, that that's us, and then when we're in this like mystical realm that's the spirit of that study is just as much yeah. spirit led and interactive yeah the this this trying um, to divorce the the physical from but the, the other the, thing that i the other thing i want to bring up is you know when you're saying like when do you like leave, you know, how do you how does someone who does that who's so focused in the scripture be led by the spirit and i would say that the way that i do it is i'm walking around and if i have this like hey i should go talk to this person or hey you know what just came into my mind is that uh, like the other like there were a couple like uh maybe four or five days ago where i was like i think that i gave travis the wrong impression that i was angry at him and that mm -hmm. way in my heart and i went to trap and so what i did is like when i if that didn't conflict with scripture i have scriptures where jesus says go confront your brother make sure that you're in amends if you mm -hmm. think that you have something wrong even if you just think you might not actually but if you think that go confirm so i have scripture that says that this is something that god would approve of i don't know if it's the spirit but i went to travis and I did mm. it. So that's my my answer to it. I don't know if it's the right answer, but it's my answer is like, Sorry. when the spirit's pulling that on my heart, I'm like, I go do it. Yeah. But I don't say like, this is the divine sort of, I absolutely know that God has talked mm. to me. I'm like, well, it seems like I'm walking in obedience by doing this. And maybe it's the spirit. Maybe it's my conscious. Maybe it's the spirit working through my conscious. Mm. Um, but I know that it aligns with God's will in scripture. And I know that it is it aligns with holiness. Okay, can I say, okay, uh, just real quick. I'm not trying to keep anybody. No, but, no, no. Uh, I just want to say this and how it parallels to here. So uh, I was just seeing a video um, about just the immensity of the universe, right? Mm -hmm. And how there is, I think it's like a galaxy cluster mm -hmm. that is so large, it's actually problematic because it would have to be older than the actual universe, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of how, uh, especially in science and in mathematics, things are true mm -hmm. until they're not, mm -hmm. right? So this, this adds... Mm -hmm. A big wrench uh, mm -hmm. or th throws a wrench into the whole thing mm -hmm. um, so for me it's like this is either for continuationism or sensation cessationism it's like uh, like I, I, I hear what you guys saying is like man it's it's solid it's, it's sound and then there's this wrench mm -hmm. which is like okay because and, and the reason I'm saying this is because I've done both both ways mm -hmm. I've been more charismatic and I've been mm -hmm. I'm just sticking to the scriptures and I found myself in the same problem mm -hmm. and it's like uh, so you have a guy who's we talked about this before i think with the holy spirit 
but it's like you know he's studying scripture and he's looking at commentaries like you're saying and you, you know you're like don't divorce that from from the spiritual thing well the reason why i do is because that guy can still be wrong right he's reading arminian commentaries and it's telling him how this is our like it's really teaching about free will mm -hmm. and all this stuff because i've read those commentaries i've been mm -hmm. to school like that and it's like uh mm -hmm. th there's no discernible difference between mm -hmm. that and a calvinist even though one is right and one is wrong or mm -hmm. both wrong mm -hmm. right they're both thinking they're that the same spiritual reality is going on when mm -hmm. it's like god's not a liar and he's yeah. not a god of confusion so he's not in yeah. both these instances god's the truth we're looking to him that's right. yeah uh so that's the wrench for me because yeah. it's like uh that that the framework of cessationism and and try like you're trying to build this framework mm -hmm. but then you've got this problem and it's like okay well then maybe cessationism isn't 100 percent the answer because it cannot solve this problem mm -hmm. but with continuationism it's uh like like you brought up the story with john piper and that guy mm -hmm. you can get it wrong so it's like we're still stuck at this issue of, of how to discern the will of God. And it's like for me right now, um, you know, it's like it's going to be a risk either way. So take it mm -hmm. like prove, prove your faith. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean just personally, but the faith, prove the yeah. faith. Mm -hmm. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Like if, if there's really a God, he's going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it might be really hard and and maybe mm -hmm. you could have done things way better but at the end of the day if you're cleaving on to him mm -hmm. i've got to believe that somehow you know he's gonna love you like a father loves a son and yeah he might let you get your butt whooped mm -hmm. but he's also going to be there to to heal the wounds you know mm -hmm. and it's just mm -hmm. i think that that's what mm -hmm. really matters so for me like i know we josh around with being yeah, continuationism yeah, yeah. i'm just glad that you know we can cleave unto god mm -hmm. yeah he's mm -hmm. trustworthy yeah mm -hmm. I, this will be another pocket, but I just don't know what you do if things do go sour. Mm. That's been my Keep favorite. clinging. One thing, it's really short, is one, I think, so at the end of the day, with Sam, it's only Sam will know. Lazo, well, Sam's got to do what Sam's got to do. Sam's got to do what he's got to do. Um, but there's another thing is that when I, like, my friends are like, oh, we're like, I want to be missionaries and stuff. Um... Oh man, this is tough. Okay, so every missionary I know in Bolivia who stayed missionaries, who's kept the white path, has gone through something that has been life-changing, like terrible. It could be like losing a child. It could be having... Oh, man, it's like losing a child. It's a lot of things. And just like mm -hmm. losing your belongings, losing your house, having to... Uh, leave your child stuff stuff like that that really changes um and if you look at some of the older missionaries i think it was husband taylor i'm not 100 one thing and i was like oh my gosh like this huh is that they cut so he's talking about he's talking to his wife was able to visit him in jail talking talking it's like it's like i'm not like i'm not leaving the path like god is good god is good his wife didn't come visit him a couple times. It's been a while. They brought his wife over. He goes over to talk to her. They cut off her tongue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh man! And he's like, he's like, he's just like he was pissed all that stuff. But he said like, he, he goes really deep, kind of deep details today. But he's like, I'm staying, like on the path. Mm -hmm. And so you and I know we've all kind of like, 
say this like if there was a gun pointing to you like yeah I would like well, I'll say I like I'm not denying God but it, it changes it really mm-hmm. does change so, like thank goodness like I would, I would I hope I never have to experience this but I don't think any yeah I'm gonna say anyone but it's hard for people I feel like it's hard for people to say oh I'm not gonna change your faith when it has to do with somebody else that you love mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. man that's mm-hmm. a tough situation like if it's you see like like you see it like I think George Mueller said this he said like um and I'm not a dad and I I have a deep care for children but like obviously like a dad's love for somebody else but he said like when someone is like threatening like he's helping kids it's like when someone's threatening them you, there's nothing that you want to do like there's like you, you love them you love your child so much and when you see home coming to your child like you'll do anything mm. to stop that, and so like when going to the mission field, you you, and I think it's good to prepare for. It's like mm-hmm. your faith's got to be really, it's got to be up there. Mm. You got to stay on that path. And so, mm. Mm. I am interested in a follow up conversation. You know about because I get it. It's like when you get into the nitty gritty of it. When you get into the specifics of it, it is difficult, you know, and it's it's hard when when you've when you've held on for a long time, and then you just see instance after instance of what looks like failure and mm. calamity and hardship and like you know just all all the signs point toward letting go. How do you keep hanging on? Mm, you know, yeah. that's mm-hmm. and that's and it's like you know I just. You think of the writer of Hebrews, and it's like he just says, "Hold fast, hold fast, hold firm, hold mm. fast." Like you know, just keep clinging. Cause and and in reality, I mean, we talked about this last time as well. It's like, where are you gonna go? <laughs> like, he alone has the words of life. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, are are you gonna be an atheist? Like, okay, well then, oh, that'll that'll really brighten up your outlook. It's like <laughs> existential nihilism, you know. <laughs> Or, uh, you know, yeah. Buddhism or whatever it is. It's like, there's there's no hope. Mm. There's no hope outside of Christ. Mm. So, it's like, he is our our sustenance. Mm. So. Can I say, I'm thankful for you guys. Mm. I'm thankful hey, for man. Dan and Travis. I'm thankful for <laughs> Eric and Dan. <laughs> Dan, you're talking. You got picked two people. <laughs> Don't assume I'm thankful for you. No. <laughs> no, no, that no. was like the last thing I thought Dad would say. <laughs> yes. We are uh, rubbing off on him in I'm all the thank- wrong ways. I'm thankful for all of you. I am. Oh, yes. I really am. Thanks. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. I just want to make sure that people really understand where I stand on the Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was good. I listened to someone that did the entire like uh, gospel story from Karate Kid. Dang. That's on our next episode. About <laughs> Cobra the Serpent. Ooh. That the chosen the one has to... crush no. and, he, and he gets knocked out, but he rises again mm. and he crushes him. The crane. <laughs> the mm-hmm. crane of righteousness. Which he pulls the cross <laughs> to destroy the serpent. Wow, what is this? Dang. This oh, is hilarious. Man. I'm going to cut these last couple <laughs> minutes. Not the thankful. That's no, true. no, that's good. All right. Well, good night.